are now walking in the hurts world. You are now walking into hurts world. Aye. Discussion that we need to hear. Topics they be scared to touch. Potters say we do too much. Hurt, I think they scared of us. Meaning this is filled with hits. How you turned up like a jit. You are now in Hurt's world. If you love a hatchet chick, you are now in Hurt's world. 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 This is Candace. Please listen to my daddy. He needs this job because I want every day. Thank you. Baby girl, what's happening? You and your then ride it. So gonna get to grab it. Go pop a phone, pop a for me. Turn around and drop it for a plan. Drop it for me. I'll rent a beach house in Miami. Wake up with no jammies. Lives to tell for dinner. Julio served that scampi.
my face Straight up to my face I've been down so long it look like up to me They look up to me I got fake people showing fake love to me Straight up to my face Can't hold my Glock, reason I don't really like that 
gun turn, can't wipe no Excuse my French, don't like no Limo 10 on fat, my car, yeah, I had it hurt my broke bad, I ain't had it hurt Yeah, that's us, two-tone AP, I'm bust Got that from her, ain't even wanna Why? Bye, no me, say thing revive Tell him bro, shit, no, he ain't Kim, dog, he ain't even try Still a bet my last room, nice in the hood Take who train, no, I'm not good Probably in some fast with a Glock in the hood Course that takes smell and walk on the wood First turn, turn the hood, they curious Boy, cry about five and jury I get the comments with number that's period I got your BM, one put on the mirror First young in the A2 land, run on 14 mil, started 14 grams Dope boy, diggers and diamonds and Tim You shouldn't play with that boy, he is not one of them Bro, I kept taking M's, only got me an M Still making double, I'm fine when I spin That's fat, 2018 Pretty sure that's the tax season theme song. <laughs> I am Casual wrapping up the mini mix inside Herc's world. The mini mix is exclusively brought to you by Your Birthright. It's yourbirthright.life. Your birthright is empowering the birthing experience with the birth doula. They are trained professionals who provide non-stop, unbiased, and compassionate support throughout pregnancy and the first steps into parenthood. Alright, Big Herc, it's still Women's History Month. What you got for them this week, man? Women can be mean sometimes. And y'all kind of, and I'm not saying y'all in particular, but I'm saying some women just be like, they'll look at a dude that they make more than and look down on him. Like Gabrielle Union, for instance. Um, in her first marriage, she she was like, bro, I make more than I make more than my husband. So it gives me the right to cheat on him. Uh-huh. Not right at all. But that was her mindset because she made more money than him. And y'all know who it is. It's me, the Big Hurt. And you tuned in to Hurt's World, man. Season three, episode 10. And of course, I'm joined by none other than Jersey V. Y'all already know who it is. I'm back for another one. How you doing? I'm straight, man. Um, of course, Jersey is joining us for our women's history month episodes. Um, so the whole month of Mar- whole month of March, you will hear Jersey V along with other amazingly talented late ladies um, who I have met and talked to over the years and become very, very fond of. Um, real quick, we are officially over 5,000 streams on all platforms. So thank y'all for the support. Thank y'all for continuing to listen, um, but continue to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend um, so that you know, we can hit our next goal, which is 10K. 
Um, and then I think when you get to like 10K, um, you start banging a little money. Um, maybe we get a YouTube deal oh, or something. <clears throat> but really? we're going out to eat. Um, we go to McDonald's, you know. Oh, I don't eat McDonald's, you know, I'm bougie. Oh, okay, we can go to Jack's. <laughs> nah, 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 Jack's expensive. Um, I take the Burger King, you can have a show at Burger King. I do like Burger King, okay, that'll work for me. There we go. Um, but yeah, man, we have a talented panel of ladies who are going to man we just we gonna chop it up but it's mostly about real estate so if you are looking for a house you're trying to find ways to buy a house um you need a realtor you need to know the beginning the end or whatever it is about real estate we got the ladies that are gonna show y'all the way and give y'all a little bit of the tea along the way so don't go nowhere. Stay tuned. You listen to Irish World. Are you expecting a child and need someone to assess your birthing needs and create a personalized plan to support your growing family? Well, look no further than your birthright. Your birthright are doulas who are trained professionals who provide nonstop and compassionate support throughout your pregnancy and the first steps into parenthood. Your birthright also offers herbal teas for inflammation, immune health, menstrual cramps, and more. Use the code HERXWORLD at checkout for 20% off services and teas. For more information, check out yourbirthright.life. You don't have to go through your pregnancy alone with your birthright. All right, everybody, we are back with Herc's World. And of course, you know, it's your girl, Dreezy B. And we got Big Herc in the building as well. And for Women's History Month, you know, we have a great group of ladies we're going to speak with today. Um, so we're just going to jump straight in. Let's go ahead and introduce our guest for today. Okay, so I'm Lakeisha Henderson. Um, I work with Riker Realtors SPM as it relates to. Um, real estate. I am also a senior sales um, compensation okay. analyst. And okay. uh, yeah, I do a lot of things. So, hey, y'all, pick me as your realtor if you need one. <laughs> hey, girl. Who we got next? And just jump in. Hi, Where? this is Dominique Morgan. I am a realtor. I'm a mom. I'm a nurse. Um, and I just love helping people. So, you know, I'm here. We gonna come back to that because I know you were a nurse. Uh, go ahead. Hey everybody, I'm Jasmine. Um, I am primarily an insurance agent. Um, I'm also a real estate investor, and I can write your mortgage. And I run a property management firm. I think that's it. Okay. You have you have eight. That, that sounds like only four jobs. You got like ten. We'll give. We'll come back. <laughs> I'm a notary. And, There's that too. But that ain't got nothing to do with real estate, but that's fine. And last, but certainly not least. Hey, y'all. I am Katera. Um, I am from Chicago. I'm not sure where everybody is from. Um, I am a realtor. Um, Also, uh, I do public notary. When she just said that, it just reminded me because I forget to mention that sometimes. I'm also a youth mentor and an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. So I'm excited to be here with you ladies and talk about this because we kind of get looked at on the back end when it comes to women, but we're doing our thing in real estate, y'all. So y'all live for a good, a good, good conversation. Man, 
Um, so if y'all if y'all have not noticed, Jasmine, Keisha, and Katera have all been here before. Um, and if you did not catch Dominique, uh, that's my cousin. And no, she won't tell any embarrassing stories just because <laughs> we already agreed. To so um, we we don't we know we're not gonna do that. Um, but no, so let's start with Dominique. Um, nursing. Yeah. How, how do you balance real estate nursing and dealing with Mark, dealing with the person you call your husband? <laughs> So first of all, I've been, I'm surprised you did not know I was a nurse. I've been a nurse for like 15 years. That's what I went to school for. Um, oh. But, but it, it, it can be rough sometimes. Um, the cool part is that I currently work from home. I work for an insurance company um, and I, and I do do quote unquote, do real estate part-time, but I don't operate my business as a part-time business because my goal is to do it full-time. Um, just putting things into place and having a plan before the exit. But I do a lot of things on weekends and it works out because a lot of people work. So they're available to see properties on weekends and evenings. Um, it's hard in the wintertime because it gets dark earlier. But, you know, we get out there, um, we check out, we look at properties in the evenings on weekends. And, you know, you just have to have a lot of planning and structure in place. Ooh. So um, Dominique, Jasmine and Katera all in Illinois. Um, Keisha's down here in Memphis. Um, so let's just go around. What's your real estate specialty and what attracted you to real estate? And whoever wants to go first can go first. I can go first. So, um, I got into real estate, um, because my husband is a contractor and, um, investor. And so when we, at first, when I got into real estate, I was really getting into real estate as a another way to make money outside of nursing. I didn't necessarily want to work uh, overtime in nursing, but just thinking about a way to make money. So that was my my mindset when I got into real estate. And my husband was kind of like, why don't you, have you thought about being a broker? And I was like, hmm, maybe. And I started looking into it, took the class and the rest is history. Um, but once I got into it, I really, you know, I went into nursing because I like caring for people and, you know, being able to help people. But then when I got into real estate, it was just, I was able to still do the same thing and do it in real estate. And so, you know, it's been, it's been up from there. Mm -hmm. That sounds good. Okay. What about you, uh, Tara? Sorry, I'm trying to unmute myself. So I got into real estate because it's a family business. Um, really, uh, my, two of my aunties are, um, uh, successful realtors. The one auntie that I work with, we work with EXP Realty, Illinois, Chicagoland area, really. Um, and I, like I said before, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I don't like working for people. Um, however, I'm a great communicator. I have a great personality, and so, so she was just like, "I think it would just be a good idea for you to just join the business." So I took my test, I got into it, um, and I love it. And more so just the, the educational part of it, um, just educating our people um, in particular about home ownership and that it is not something that we cannot do, that it is attainable. So um, that's where, that's what keeps me flowing um, in my business and my success and why I got into real estate. Okay. Keisha, what about, what about you? 
Um, my story kind of weird, honestly. My background is in accounting and operations. And at the time, I mean, when you work in corporate America, you're behind a desk all the time. You're not really just talking to a lot of people. And if you know me, you know I'm a people person. That's why I was working at AT&T for about six months. Like, I miss people. But I also did that to stack some money up before I purchased my first home. And during that, um, during that time, I was like, damn, I can do the same thing. Like, it's not like I don't have the extra time to go to real estate school. Pandemic was going on anyway. So it's like everything is online. Let me get another source of money just in case anything ever happens in my corporate career. Funny story. I got my license November 20, October 2020. I had got laid off from my job January 2021. So it was low-key a blessing in disguise, and I did it at the right time. And I immediately started back working uh, within about two and a half, three months. But I can honestly say if I didn't get real estate at that time, I probably wouldn't have had no money. <laughs> <laughs> and since doing it, it's been fun. Like, it's like, damn, I can do this part-time while helping other people. The money I make from real estate, I can put to the side for my own future. I don't have children, so my biggest thing is I don't like Memphis City schools. When I have children, I need to be able to pay for them to go to schools. So I'm already putting money to the side for my future by utilizing real estate. Um, yes, so thank if you need if you need somewhere to put money other than kids, Herc's World <laughs> takes all donations for new equipment. Yes, don't worry, sir. When I tell you I freely donate, just make sure I get my letter. Okay. <laughs> I, we'll, we'll figure we'll figure it out. Um, so Jasmine, insurance, man. Um, so so insurance, nurse, property management. Uh, wait, insurance. So insurance agent. Property mm-hmm. manager, broker, what don't you do, man? Um, sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And see, <laughs> that's what I'm <laughs> We don't sleep, the money be moving. <laughs> so, how do you all really balance, you know, home and work life? Like, what's that home work life balance look like? Jasmine, you go first. Oh, um, I, <laughs> I have always been about work-life integration. Um, and I'm, this is such a cliche thing because this like became the keywords a few years ago. Um, but I can't, I'm not one of those people who can kind of compartmentalize my life. Um, I can't be like, I'm going to act this way here and then I'm going to act somewhere. To, like, it's, you're going to get what you're going to get all the time. And I try to find places that want that and kind of allow that um, to work. And so um, part of what makes being an entrepreneur important to me is because I am a single parent, right? And so I have to be able to get up and go get my child when I need to. Um, I have to be able to bring my child into my office if I have to. Um, You know, there's, you know, things going on kind of in our lives right now where I just need a lot of flexibility and being able to, you know, work from anywhere and being able to, you know, have my office call sports and my cell phone is really important to me. Um, My daughter is young. And so, you know, she's gotten very good at being like, mommy, am I supposed to be quiet while you on the phone? (laughs) So she knows that like, you know, Ooh, and then she'd be like, did I do good? <laughs> um, and so, and then there's other clients too who have heard my daughter. And some people are like, you know what? I don't care. Like, you know, 
they ask questions about her. They know her name. Like, and so a lot of it is just like, I'm a real person. I happen to be your insurance agent. Um, I also happen to, you know, know a lot about their families too. And so it kind of, I think, just builds the relationship where, you know, they know I understand them. They know that I have some of the same concerns that they do. Um, but overall, I mean, I think that I can't, I couldn't do anything else. I'd have to be able to do my family. Like I can't separate the two. Well, shout out to Zor. Um, so when, when you play this back, she's like, I heard my name. So shout out to you. Um, so Dominique, how do you she's balance? Super excited. How do you balance being um nurse, real estate agent, mom, all that, wife? Yeah, it, it's rough. I think that's one thing that I definitely struggle with. Um, is having balance. The cool part is my kids are older, so they're a little more self-sufficient. And then I'm also able to incorporate them in the business. So like taking them out on showings and, you know, inspections and, you know, just kind of, you know, bringing them along um, for the journey as opposed to them being separate. Um, and then I try really hard to to make sure that I take care of self. So I love getting my hair done, my nails done. I'm going to get a facial. Like I try to make sure I incorporate that in my life so that I do have the balance. But I'm pretty sure as all the other ladies, you know, can attest, balance is difficult for, you know, for women, it, for people in general. But it's just something that I constantly strive to work towards. Okay. Sarah, what about you? You're on mute. If you talk, you're on mute. Um, so, what that down? That's the question. Hello? Yeah, um, that's the best. You can, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, I'm in my basement. Sorry. Sorry. Um, so, it actually, like, managing real estate, I have older children um, for the most part. So, I have a 16-year-old and 13-year-old, and my daughter is four. Um, but even though she's four, she's like literally, literally like a mini grown woman. Um, but it kind of like works out because I don't really have no seriously, y'all laughing. Like she is really her personality is so grand. Like she really like another me, just half pint. Um, but in in doing real estate, like having older children, it really kind of it really helps me um out. Uh, because for the most part, like the clients that I'm working with now, their work schedules only allow them to show on the weekends. So on the weekends, um, my sons will take a, take care um, of her while I go out. Um, and then also, um, it allows me to also introduce them um, into it. Like my oldest son, he's going into his senior year. We're trying to figure out where he's pivoting to as far as after high school, um, if he wants to go to college. If not, uh, we have the discussion going both ways. So, um, it, and then that also sometimes allows me to show him um, the way of the business. Um, sometimes client can, clients can be a little demanding. Um, I do find, I have found myself sometimes up and even myself because me being a serial entrepreneur and a go-getter, I'll literally be up at 12 o'clock at night con com communicating with them, like texting them back and forth. However, I did have to remind myself that I have to take that time too and shut it down. Even though I'm always on the go, I'm always ready. I'm always up looking for places that they're looking for. 
However, you do have to kind of set a boundary for yourself because if you work in, like I, I work as a youth mentor during the day um, and then real estate really at any time whenever my clients are ready. But with all of that going, 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 then coming home and then having to take care of my children and make sure I'm present for them, I also had to remind myself to take that time um, for myself um, to regroup and get myself together. Um, and, and that's very important in any business that you do because we'll get lost in Okay, regardless of whatever you're doing it for, whether it's to make money, whether it's your passion, if you get lost in what you're doing and don't take that time to really regroup and focus yourself and really ground and center yourself so that you're not overworking, overstimulating, and then getting yourself into anxiety and stress, that'll pivot you into a whole nother um, direction. And so you got to really take the time. So I, I have to be mindful of that. Um, and so I did, I did kind of sit to myself, and usually some people will say eight o'clock. I give my clients to like nap. And whether uh, if they hit me with, you know, I'm looking at this, I'll still look at the property, but then I won't respond until the next day because I have to give myself the time because I know that I would engage to go that back and forth. Uh, so at first I didn't really have a good balance, but I had to really train myself to have it. Okay. So Keisha, you being um, the one not necessarily without kids, but I know you got nieces and nephews that you, you know, um, look out for. Um, how do you balance your work-life balance? Because, you know, you do have your full-time job and then you do real estate too. It's funny. Cause I was just about to say, I, I don't have that area of responsibility just yet. So it's kind of easy for me at the same token, because my full-time job is so demanding, the real estate part sometimes get lost in the sauce. The good thing about it is I'm at my computer for sure between 7 and 5 p.m. For sure, for sure, 9 to 5, but like 7 to 5 p.m. Because I'm either preparing stuff for real estate before I actually get into my full-time job so that I can keep the real estate moving while focusing on my full-time job, vice versa. Like at one point I had three clients and I had just accepted the position at the senior level. Now, being at the senior level, I really am the person that everyone comes to at the company for commission and bonuses. And it can get stressful with that type of demand on top of the added demand of your clients. Good thing about me, I have such a bubbly personality. You won't even know I'm all over the place unless I told you I was all over the place. So somehow, some way, I'd be able to throw and, and pick people in where I need to put them in. What I've learned recently and this is honestly since my boyfriend has been over here since his home is being reconstructed or whatever. I've always wanted to operate as a wife and a mother. So it was so easy for me to hop into that character. It's like I get up in the morning, I go get my workout in, really gets me pumped, started on the day, I get back home, he already gone for work, make the bed, okay, let me make sure I don't have anything going on real estate. Let me make me some posts about real estate because again, it's part-time for me, but it's full-time for my clients. I'm not gonna treat my full-time um, full job over my clients when I have clients and this is their lifestyle. We're talking about a big important decision in their life. So I always put that as number one when I'm busy with my clients and then everything else falls under. But I get that taken care of. Then I actually do my job. I make sure I give me something to eat. I make sure I'm drinking my water. I make sure I have bottles of water around. Because when you're so busy, sometimes you forget to eat. Sometimes you forget to drink some water. Get up from the desk. Okay, he's out from work. Cool, let me get something to eat. Like a, I want to say like an old school feel that you want to make sure your man is fed and do, 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 and make sure the work is straight. And boom, you crash at the end of the day. 
I found that to be so routine and I pretty much enjoy it. Then now I'm throwing in all my self-care, you know, making sure my nails are done consistently, making sure I at least get a massage or a facial once a month. Like this self-care stuff for myself because I'm doing so much. Can't say I ever really find balance, but I found a way to find peace within the chaos, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I still struggle with is work-life balance because I'm a teacher and this is a new role for me. Like I've always worked with children, but stepping into a teaching role, I didn't realize how demanding that was. Mm-hmm. And I'm and you gotta make plans every day. Girl. <laughs> and I teach um, so it's not just one core class. I teach theater, film, and then advanced uh production. So I have three different lesson plans that I have to do every single day. And I'm like. Some days I come home and I have to tell my husband, look, um, just got to order some. I'm tired. But I think I've gotten a little bit better with just trying to balance everything. So, you know, with you all, especially with having two, three, four, five, seven, eleven jobs and still being able to maintain it. Like, I applaud you all for that. I really now, applaud you, parents, though. I mean, again, I don't have children yet, but I see how chaotic I am right now. I can only imagine if I had another one running around here like, damn, I got to deal with me and I got to deal with you and I still got to feed that. I can. I applaud y'all so much. I really applaud y'all so much for that. Girl, that's that's a a job within itself. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) I know I ain't ready for you. So let me put a pause on that application. You feel me? (laughs) And then the I, teacher I put that on my home, resume. Teacher sent home homework that you got to learn how to do before you can help them do. It. Oh, I'm like I don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what's this new math? Oh, Jesus! <laughs> Not the same as carrying the borrowing and carrying the one. And no, you have to do three whole steps for each individual thing. Like no, uh, it's too long. Yeah. Yep, yep. Let me go and put my money to the side for these little extracurricular <laughs> schools. Mm-hmm. Now, I do want to ask you all, with each one of you all being beautiful Black women um, in this industry, how do you all deal with your male counterparts? I'll start off. I, um, Especially within real estate, it's, it's easy for me. I have a lot of guys on my team that uh, we're all on the same team, and they're more contractors. I have one agent in particular, um, Tony Jackson, the agent with the Ask God in Memphis, if you heard about him. He is so helpful um, because he is he's like in a millionaire club. We always talk anytime he has some flips that he has going on or I have a listen. He have a listen. We're pretty much communicate with each other back back to back. And I found that I'm not sure if it's because I'm a woman or if it's because I'm a woman and I'm young, that his aim is more to drive me to get results and not just money. Does that make sense? Like, we want you to build your portfolio while you're making money. Yeah. But the more people, you know, the easier your name will make money for you. And I really, really appreciate that, you know, having a working relationship with him as well as my broker. My broker is actually a male. They're very helpful. I will say, though, if you act dumb, they will treat you like you dumb. And I say that to say, if you act like you don't know what's going on in real estate 
and they get the opportunity to work with you and get more out of you, let that sit in for a minute. Like they'll get more out of you as it relates to your personality. You're helping them out. So you're doing open houses with them. Like, oh, this person worked with you. It could be a blessing and a curse at the same time. So mm. it's just always being conscious of people's motives. And their motives are very pure to me. I really feel that their motives are very pure. But I still got to watch out for everybody. Right. Yeah. And I will second that. Okay. I, I, I feel like um, the males that I work, they're very help. Like they, they're willing to help. You know, I feel mm-hmm. like they're willing to help. You know, they answer questions. Um, you know, like I don't have any of that issue. You know, the issue of, you know, you're, you're a female. So I'm not going to, like, I get a lot of help from the, like my managing broker is a male, you know, you know, we're, I'm big on networking, you know, he helps get, get me in rooms or tell me about different opportunities, you know, so he's very, you know, all any male that I encounter, whether it's we're doing a transaction together, they're always very respectful and willing to help and go above and beyond. Oh, yeah. that's a good thing. What about you, Katir? So on my team, um, like I said, I'm, my team is really um, my family. We also have other people, but my auntie, my two cousins, and myself. However, we're a team within our company, um, EXP. Um, I work for EXP, so they allow us to have our own teams to grow. So uh, majority of our team is women. However, um, with the other people in EXP that we work with, um, we don't really have any issues. Like We get a lot of support um, from them. I've never had any issues in the sense of you know, being looked down upon. Um, I've only been in real estate for two years. However, within my first year, I closed 16 deals. And so when I go to my networking events and I'm talking to my male counterparts and they're like, oh, I'm, you know, asking me, hey, okay, so how long have you been in real estate? Um, And I'm like, you know, at that time, it'll be like a year and a half. And they're like, oh, I've been in the 16 years, you know. And with, with COVID and everything's happening, they're asking me, how's it going for you? And when I tell them, okay, well, I got, you know, I've closed 12 deals so far working on this. And they're looking at me like, wow, like, damn, I ain't even do that good. And I've been in this industry for so long. And they're asking me what I'm doing. You know, it kind of, I, I appreciate that. Um, because at the same time, I, I am very hard on myself. And so even though in my first year I've done that, I still know my potential. And I still don't even appreciate, I don't even like that number. You know what I'm saying? Because I, I'm an overachiever. And that's why, I, like I said, in the in the beginning with the work like that, I have to remind myself to take that time, but and also remind myself to acknowledge what I've done. But I do appreciate that even the, the men who have been in the industry longer than I have, and they don't just come at me like, oh, well, let me tell you this because this is how you do it. We really kind of feed off the chest. And so I definitely appreciate that part of it. I felt it. I felt it, girl. That's a blessing because I've heard so many stories and not even just in real estate, but just, you know, with having a job, whenever you have, you know, male colleagues, a lot of times they try to take advantage of you. Um, I've heard about, you know, some sexual misconduct as well. And I hope to God y'all don't ever have to deal with anything like that. I agree. Um, I'm going to tell y'all something funny. I'm sorry. This this is what funny. Y'all asking as it relates to males. The real problem really do be other females. If we're going to be completely transparent. Okay. Well, see, I was going to get to that in the next segment. Because I know, 
I, I had I got a question and I and y'all know I tend to be a little petty. Um so that was I was gonna say that for my petty sake, but um <laughs> y'all don't go nowhere. I, I know y'all I, they about to drop some hella knowledge and throw up some big numbers. So y'all man, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back with more Herc's World. Are you expecting a child and need someone to assess your birthing needs and create a personalized plan to support your growing family? Well, look no further than Your Birthright. Your Birthright are doulas who are trained professionals who provide nonstop and compassionate support throughout your pregnancy and the first steps into parenthood. Your Birthright also offers herbal teas for inflammation, immune health, menstrual cramps, and more. Use the code HERXWORLD at checkout for 20% off services and teas. For more information, check out yourbirthright.life. You don't have to go through your pregnancy alone with Your Birthright. Welcome back to Hurts World. I'm none other than your girlfriend's favorite podcast host, to be hurt. And I'm joined by Dreamy B. And man, we are talking to women in real estate this week, man. Um, this is part of our women's her story series. Um, and I got one, two, I got four dope uh ladies on the on the panel with us, along with Jersey B. And uh, before we went to break. He should want me to get petty a little early, so I guess I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll take the bait. And uh, so, you know, we we talked about the men in real estate, um, but I've heard, and this is what I've heard. I ain't gonna lie, I see it sometimes too. Um, when you work with a lot of women, um, it could be a little messy. It could be a little catty. Yes. What's y'all experience with that? Let's start with uh let's start with Jasmine. <laughs> so I actually don't feel that way, but I'm not a real estate agent. And I think that's probably why. So as someone who doesn't actually buy and like sell homes um or represent buyers and sellers, it's it's different for me. So I work with a lot of buyers, a lot of agents and um it's probably the reason I'm not a real estate agent. I would say that there are things about kind of being an agent that just don't appeal to me. Like I've kind of touched everything in real estate except being an agent. And part of it is just the, the how you have to present yourself, um, some of the competitiveness. Real estate is super saturated. Um, and I just... I don't have, because of that, I don't think I experience the same things. As an investor, I find, honestly, I find that people are, there's either men that are willing to help, especially if I, you know, from a contracting perspective, I do have to be skeptical because sometimes people assume that I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, And I do feel like people have tried to like overcharge me or, you know, tell me something was wrong and it wasn't and things like that. Um, people do interact with me differently if I bring my dad with me. Um, it's funny to me because I started my business and he will come around and help. But at the end of the day, like, it's my business. And so, you know, from a purchasing perspective or from, a, you know, showing a house and all that stuff, a lot of people do find themselves, like, I do find that people start talking to him and he's like, she don't make the call because, uh, yeah, it's not my money. Um, but when it's women, I think that there are so few women also kind of on the investor side, especially if they're doing like the contracting work and all that stuff themselves. Um, flipping. Women are usually pretty supportive. Um, I 
met some women, you know, in a Facebook group from New York who were doing a virtual fix and flip in Chicago. I insured the property while they had it. I took a look at the property as a potential buyer. Um, and it was just a good, it was just a good vibe and relationship. So I've actually only had mostly positive experiences, but like I said, you know, it's mostly on the investor side as an agent, as an insurance agent. Once again, um, if y'all have all this real estate money that y'all don't know what to do with, um, <laughs> Hertz World will take investments. Um, so Dominique, what, what have been your experiences with working with other women in the real estate industry? Um, it's hit and miss. So you have um, some women that are willing to go above and beyond to help you. And you have some that are not willing to give you any information um, because, you know, it's like it's a competition. And I just find that I just I I pick up on energy. If the energy is not good and you, you know, if you don't want to be bothered or you're not willing to help, then I'm going to move on because somebody else will open the door and be willing to help me. But you do have people, women that will not help you know, in terms of the real estate, because when you get into, when you first get, in, get into real estate, when you finish the class, it's not like you come out and you're taught everything in class and you know what to do. And a lot of people, you know, you're, you need a lot of help. You need a lot of guidance, especially in the beginning. And so just being able to find people that are willing to help you, like I said, there are people out there, so it's not all or none, but you have people that are willing to help you, but then you have people that are not, they're not going to be nice. They don't want to help you, or it's based on who you're connected to or, you know, who you are, or, you know, your status, then you may get a little more assistance. But if you're a nobody, quote unquote, nobody, then sometimes you may not get as much, much assistance as you need. So it just depends. I want to chime in on there. I'm sorry. I don't know if you was going to somebody yeah, was, else with that, but. Well, I was going um, well, to ask you because you, you know, you got your aunties and the family. It's a, it's, yeah. it has to be a different, different dynamic for you. So it, it is a different dynamic. Um, and I can say that I'm, I've been fortunate enough to not experience a world in real estate where I have women who uh, were, un, you know, hating on me or like unwilling to um, cooperate or flow with each other. My aunt, like I said, she's been in the industry. I'm going to say about like, she's only been in the real estate industry for like six years, but she was in the mortgage industry for like 20 something. So she's familiar with it. But in her six years, she has been in the top 1% every year. And so she has a lot of different connections. And with us being uh, with EXP, we are on the team with Elena and Grant Cardone. Like, I'm not sure who, if you all are familiar with them, but <clears throat> Grant Cardone is the, the billionaire who is behind the 10X uh, movement and talking to people about real estate and investing. And so um, his wife is an actor. So she saw an opportunity to partner with EXP to grow a team. And she sought out my team from, and other top ones um, around the country. Um, and so with us being on their team um, and my, with my auntie being as prominent in the real estate industry as she is, I kind of got like good perks behind it. Um, as to say, like, because being on her team, like people know me too. Um, and then from that, I was able to grow my own personal business um, and make my own personal connections. But the flow of things have been, this is the way I do business and, and this is the integrity that I have behind it. And so um, a lot of my deals have been closed with women and I just come in and I just let them know like, hey, I know what I know. I've been trained by one of the best. We're going to get this deal closed. I've closed the deal as quick as two weeks, as long as 45 days. But I make my presence known. I make sure I'm there and I communicate 
Um, and so again, fortunately enough, I haven't had the opportunity. Hopefully I never do. Um, however, if it does come up, I will be prepared to handle it. But I haven't had the chance to experience any women in the industry where they're um, very nasty. Um, I just, a lot of the women that we're connected with, whether it's with EXP or other brokerages, um, has been very um, cooperative and very, and I would say kind of really like form the sisterhood. It's happened to me before. I've actually worked with um, a, a couple of women, right? Again, I'm young. I don't know if they had something to do with it or if it was just like she don't do this enough, so she's she's going to miss some things. I've had some people steal clients from under me. Um, whether they never responded back to me and, you know, reached out to the company on their actual phone number instead of reaching out to my number that I left them and that person not saying anything about it, whether it's a rental referral. I've had that happen to me actually about four or five times, but I handle it differently. I kind of look at it in a, you know, real estate is hard. Real estate is, is very challenging right now, especially with the change in the economy. You have the ups and downs with the interest rates, and we'll talk about that later. But if you just focus on interest rates, you're you going to miss out on something good when it comes to these houses. Because keep in mind, they're not going to get any cheaper. Your interest rate can always change, but the house is not getting no cheaper. But anyway, they come on track. You get to the point where it, it's, it's so much, and because it's part time for me, in a graceful way, I'd rather allow you to hurt yourself in the long run. Because just because you took something under my nose doesn't mean it's going to work out for you. They may come back to me later on. So if they do stay with you, that's a blessing for your hands. Because again, I know that I do it full time. There's a part time. I know some that do it full time and this is a necessity for them. So in hindsight, I look at it as blessing somebody else. But I used to take it real, real personal. I used to be like, okay, y'all just playing with me because I'm young. Like, y'all think I'm not thinking um, or I'm not paying attention and I'm paying attention to everything. Just because I'm not in the office every single day, it doesn't mean I'm not taking care of what needs to be taken care of. Right. I've, I've definitely dealt with cattiness in the workplace. And her could tell you, I'm the type of person now just based off of, you know, having so many different jobs. I say to myself, when I start a new job, I come in to do my work. You know, it's, I, hey, how you doing? Have a great day. And I just keep to myself and I keep it pushing. And I've even found that that's got me uh, into trouble, believe it or not, staying to myself at work. So now I don't have to worry about that since I work with other teachers. I pretty much still stay to myself, but it's, it's, it's totally different. I, we don't run into cattiness in this particular profession, so I'm glad some days I with. I will say this. I've never met I'm not going to lie like that. Please two people, don't. Uh, two <laughs> people I know one of them is on this podcast will get a job work it a couple months and then you know what? Fuck this shit. I quit. Um, that's not no knock on you, Dre. I First just know. I, I, but I've told you on many different <laughs> occasions, bro. You don't need to work for nobody. Like you are, you not, you're not equipped to work for. No, you got to be your own boss. 
Right. And I am at this point. Well, okay. So, <laughs> of course, those that know, um, I own a business on the side. It's um, it's just it's a boutique, a vintage thrift boutique. Um, so okay. we're working on making that full time so that, like Marvin said, I don't have to work for anybody because I don't like to work for people. I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't like people dictating my actions. Like I like to be able to move and do. So we're working most, on that. Most definitely. So go ahead. What's your next question? So, okay. And this is totally off the wall. But so you know how you watch TV and you have these houses where people have died in them and the realtor didn't, ex- you know, they didn't disclose, <laughs> you know, any previous crimes or, you know, weird happenings. Have y'all had anything like that happen to you yet? I haven't, but it is against the law not to disclose it. Um, so it's something we actually have to tell them, at least in Tennessee. I have to tell you if someone died in that house. I have to tell you if it was an estate sale. Um, I have to tell you if any type of tragic event occurred that will come back to hunt me or you later. Right. So wait, if grandma died in a house in 1867, you got to tell me that? Yeah. Yeah. If it's a known fact. Now, again, you have to know that. So let's just say they know that and they tell me that if someone asks that question, I have to disclose that. There's the disclosure form that you have to fill out when you first get your clients. And there's any and everything that's real property um, on the home, uh, lights, when's the last time you got your roof done, when's the last time you got windows, all of that, you have to disclose everything as it relates to your home. And there is a section that says, if any type of event, you know, whatever it may be, you have to disclose it. Hmm. All right. So Memphis and, and Chicago, I know somebody that died in one of these buildings. Have y'all had that before? Mm. No? no. I have never, I have never experienced uh, a situation where um somebody died and I knew about it, or like and I knew before going in. Or I knew later, and then I had to tell them. I hope. Let me say something. Some of these houses. Look, just a couple of weeks ago, I was showing one of my clients a building. He wants to purchase, um, um, like a a multi-purpose. So one of them was a storefront, and then apartments on top. So we go in. It's like a it was like an old cab service, but he wanted to turn it into a bar. We were walking through. We go to the back. I kid y'all not. It was a noose hanging on the back porch of the apartment. I said, all right, <laughs> somebody will hug themselves for try. And I keep me a Palo Santo slash sage stick in my car because when I go in these places, I don't know what be going on, but I'm cleansing that energy because I ain't taking it home. But when I tell you that scared the shit out of me, when I seen that noose hanging and I'm looking at the beam like, okay, I don't think they were either the beam strong enough and they went through with it and they just took the person down and didn't take the noose down. Or they put it up there and was like, you know what, fucking shit, I ain't even go through this is stupid. Either way, the thought of that type of energy scared me. And I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not sure your contract is going here. You know, just go around through. And um, I'm just, I'm away. Because this ain't even the type of energy I want to be leaving with. <laughs> did, did he oh, end wow. up getting it? No, well, we didn't. He didn't get it because, he, and his uncle 
his uncle and stepfather is his contractor. What they noticed um, was the foundation of the building was bulging on the outside of it, on the back part that we didn't notice when we first walked in. So we just 86 that whole thing, which pissed me off because I'm like, we'd have been in this place and this could be some dead evil spirits in here all this time. We'd have been in this place all this time. Like, oh, no. So that's the only thing that stopped him from getting it? He would have still gotten it if it wasn't foundation issues. He would have. Listen, these men were just like, and they just, Look, they examined this shit like, oh, yeah, they tied this knot real well. I'm like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> no, no, What are y'all doing? What's that? This is, right? What it represents? I'm all about energy. I don't even really watch their movies because I don't need that thought or those energies in my head. I ain't about to, no, sir. We can just go here and go. We might as well just go. I don't even know why we can still go. Matter of fact, they just took an office off the market. <laughs> Wow. Um, so, okay. Um, do you got, before I go, Dominique, you got any strange stories? No, I don't have any strange stories. Not like that, no. So, okay. I'm not going to say the name of the place I work. Y'all know where I work. Y'all know what I do. Um, but a couple years ago, um, and I think I've told some people, y'all may, y'all, some people may have heard the story, but anyway. Um, I got to go in people's houses to basically try to sell them things. Um, and there was this lady, um, living in the house. So the technician was like, Hey, I wouldn't go in there if I was you. And I was like, "Mm, it can't be that bad. Um, so I knock on the door and when the lady opens the door, the smell of cat piss and mm. dog shit hits you in the face. So mm. I'm like, oh, okay. This is the type of party we have in a day. Um, so naturally, you know, pe- most people are like, oh, well, with that smell, you're not going in the house. Um, I went in because I was like, okay, it maybe, you know, I don't know. I just went in. So um, I walk through her little hallway and I look to the right and her kitchen is full of dirty dishes, um, newspaper, vodka bottles, um, all that. She a hoarder. She alone. She said, because <laughs> I she was, So she was a hoarder. Um, so I said, OK, well, let me just try to figure out. What but we can we do. ain't no figuring out. Figuring out what? Look, let me call somebody else to come do this. I, I can't do this. <laughs> I can get somebody else to do it. Call <laughs> <laughs> somebody else to do it. I know, baby. Mm-mm. I can deal with a lot of things. Can't deal with them. So, as I walk into the, as I walk to her living room, she says, you want to have a seat? No, I'm good. I'll, I'll stay. Um... And she's she's just telling me about yeah you know I, if I'd have known you guys were coming I would have cleaned up. I said oh so this 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 dirty. She's like oh I, I usually don't live like this. I said oh, okay cool so anyway um she's like yeah and I and I don't know how we got on the subject but she was like yeah I recently cut my foot and I haven't you know been able to go to the hospital but it's wrapped up and you can kind of like see the blood on her foot. And I said, I said, like, minute. I said, like, I'm thinking, I'm like, I said, are you sure it's not infected? She no, said, that oh. sounds like a crime scene. She says, well, no, I, 
I've been cleaning it. I said, you don't clean your house. How you cleaning your... Okay, whatever. So, now, y'all know me. Um, and if you don't know, I'm going to reveal something about me. My bladder's weak. Um, I drink a lot of water all day, every day. So, instead of having to go on the Memphis streets and, you know, pee outside like real nigga, I was like, hey, can I use your bathroom? Oh, she says, no. oh, go ahead. Oh, no. So I walk in the bathroom. And I can see this story I, going left. I bullshit you not. In her bathtub, there are uh, old spice bottles and vodka bottles in the tub. In the sink, there are vodka bottles, newspaper. And deodorant sticks. And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? You <laughs> mean like, so what is going on? So I go to the bathroom and I say, well, um, I try to, you know, so I move this stuff, try to wash my hands and the water brown. I said, oh shit. I gotta get out of here. So I said, hey, you know, I'm gonna go ahead and head out. The technicians don't finish up. The tech looked at me and said, I'm not finishing shit. <laughs> so we both left at the same time. And to this day, I kind of wonder if that woman like is still alive. Um, because the way she was, because she was like, Yeah, my son lives in Minnesota, and you know, he's been there like, you know, seven years and he doesn't come visit. I could not have done that. You are a good one. So I was like, man, like, like, so ain't nobody checking on you to make sure you like living. Oh, I talk to him every day, man. You need to, you, you need a new phone with video chat so he can see how the hell you living. Cause this is ridiculous. This is not healthy. So, um, that's my strange story. <laughs> um, you know, just the hoarder lady. No strange story. Oh no. I'll t- okay. So I got a strange story. <laughs> Uh-oh. So <laughs> it's well, it's it's not about me, but so it it had to be like fifteen years ago. Uh, at that time, my best friend she had moved into this house, and um, she said it was an older house, and I was like, okay. So she told me because I went over there to pick her and her children up, and she was like, "Girl," she was like, "I don't want to live over here anymore," and I was like, "Well, why? What's wrong?" And she was like. It's so scary. She was like, I hear footsteps in here all the time. And she was like, um, I had my dad come to shampoo the carpets. And when they were shampooing it, it was nothing but red coming out the carpet. Ugh. So that's blood for number one. And number two, footsteps. So I was like, girl, your house haunted. <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget that. I mean, clearly she didn't end up staying there. Um, and I'm I drive past the house sometimes whenever I'm in that area and it's always vacant. So I think maybe somebody died in that house and they did not disclose what happened because I know she was a man. I'ma be one hundred. Drea, like where you used to live. First of all, why is you saying my whole government name? Because <laughs> you said mine numerous times. Okay. Um but no, like okay, <laughs> this may sound crazy. So, but if you have, if y'all are from Memphis, y'all come to Memphis. Um, there's a place over in Raleigh. 
that lake by your old house creeped me the fuck oh. out. What lake? Oh, is that the one that off James Road? You in Raleigh, are you talking about the one off James Road? Over there well, by Evan Gary? say over, over uh, in the Scenic Hills area. Yeah, oh my God. Okay, okay. We talking about two different things, but I don't really about. Mm-mm. Yeah. 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 So, um, but no, that 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 place creeped me out. So, but we know we're gonna go to break, man. Um, y'all stay tuned because we're gonna get into the we're gonna get, we, we're gonna have the ladies give y'all some tips on how to get these houses because everybody needs to strive towards home ownership. So, man, this stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Hurt Square. I'm none other than your girlfriend's favorite podcast host, The Big Hurt. And what's and, up, y'all? It's Dreezy. And, man, we are talking real estate with four amazingly talented real- realtors. Well, three and a half. Um, Jasmine do real estate, but she don't do a lot of it. So we'll say three and a half. Um, and it's no shade, Jasmine. Don't, don't fight me. I'm just playing. <laughs> um, so let's get into it. Y'all are very good at y'all's jobs. Um, and the housing market is up, it's down, it's up, you know, it's good, it's bad. What are some of the things that um, y'all kind of prepare y'all clients uh, for when they look to purchase a building or a house or uh, whatever? Let's start with Dominique. Um, one thing I like to tell my clients, especially um, if they're not pre-approved for, for much, um, one thing that I tell them is not to shop at the top of their budget, right? Um, if you shop at the top of your budget, it doesn't leave room for negotiation if needed. Also, I one big thing I always tell them is, you know, everybody wants, you know, the property that's fixed up and it's beautiful already. Sometimes finding properties that may need some cosmetic stuff may put you at a better, you know, advantage giving you instant equity in your home, but you may have to do some cosmetic stuff so you can kind of get more for your money. Cause no, it's not pretty, you know, not, it's not what you want it to be, but you, it's your home. You know, you're going to be there for a while. You can create what you want to create in that home. So, you know, not shopping at the top of your budget and being open to, you know, not major repairs, especially if you're a first time home buyer, or if you're not in position to do repairs, um, finding something that just needs some cosmetic stuff. Like if it's a green tub, you can always, you can spray a tub, you know, you can paint, you know, things like that. Okay. Uh, Sarah, go ahead. You muted. Hey, I'm sorry. I was helping my daughter with something. Can you please repeat that question? At the time? I was just talking about my dad. What are some of the things that you tell uh, your potential <laughs> client? Yeah, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear us? We can hear you. Can you hear us? Okay. Yep, I can hear you now. Go ahead. Okay. So uh, the question was, what are some of the things that you uh, tell potential buyers um, when they're looking for their first home or building or something like that? Well, my first my first question is, if this is a um, first time home buyer, my question is, how long you plan on staying? 
Because even though we like to think, you know, when it's your first home, you know, you're not going to be here long. Some people do intend to be there long. Like some people are not, uh, what I found with my clients personally, um, a couple of them have not been in the mindset of, okay, well, this is going to be my style of home and then I'm going to elevate. Some of them don't have children. They don't really have, they don't look into moving into a different area. They're not trying to move out of hell. So this is their place. So I need to know, is this going to be a home that you plan to stay in forever um, at, at this point in time? Because of course we can change our mind. Or if this is a home that you're going to start out with. <laughs> and, if the, and, and what I found is that a lot of people are looking for perfection. And I've shown so many houses over and over. And it's like their ideas change. From, it's like you want everything in my house, right? And for the most part, in my experience, and some of the ladies, you know, may be able uh, to, to speak to theirs. You're not going to find everything, every single detail all the time that you're looking for. And so um, my biggest question is, one, is this the house you want to be in long term or not? Um, and then two, what are you willing to give on? Um, some of the clients I've had, just an example, they wanted a house with a garage, no carpet, two bathrooms, bathtubs, and all these things. I have found, and this is baffling to me, I have come across so many houses nowadays that do not have bathtubs that mm. is ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like, how are you all creating this? But a lot of people don't require bathtubs as surprisingly as a film and so it's like we will find the house with the bathtub with the garage but it has carpet and they don't want it and then we'll find the house you know with the no carpet with the bathtub and no garage and it's like we can go around and around and and, and i'm sure we can find it right but how long is that going to take with the market that we're in right now and it's like you kind of have to have the idea of what is it that you're willing to give on? Because if you can get the house with the tub in the garage, you can just take that carpet up. Versus trying to build a garage. Versus trying to install a tub. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it's just carpet in a certain area, that may be something minor that you can adjust, you know, on your own and get it taken up. Um, and it's like not to totally dwell on perfection, especially if it's not a home that you plan. And, and both, actually. If it's not a home you plan on being in long term, then you plan on moving on anyway. And if it is a home that you're being in long term, this is an opportunity to grow the equity in it and to make the changes in, in this house um, and upgrade it and take certain things out and add certain things in um, to where it'll be a benefit to you in the long run. Um, so I kind of just kind of got to know, like, what are you looking, what are your gives and takes, and is this something you want to do long term or not? Okay. What about you, Keisha? I'm different. I, my first question is how much money you got. And <laughs> it sounds so blunt, but it's the truth because if you don't have anything saved, I can't help you. We're not in a we're not in a position where sellers, especially when we're working with buyers, we're not in a position where sellers are willing to give a lot of money. It's kind of evening itself out right now with the change in the economy, but I tell people all the time, you got to at least have a thousand dollars. And why I'm telling you have a thousand dollars is because I need something to play with, right? The mortgage company, they're going to run your credit. They're going to let you know what you qualify for, how much money you need, say, you know, I'm going to tell you a, a 
bunch of different programs and different loans that you can get. But they're going to zoom in on that area. And while they're zooming in on the best way to get you more money, that $1,000 that I asked you for a fund is going to help me be able to secure a house for you. It'll help me be able to say, okay, you like this house? This is what you want? Boom. Give me that $1,000 so I can put a bit a bid on it. Let me let me put an offer on it. And if we win that offer, that $1,000 is going to go towards your closing costs. But I at least need that. Some people, depending on what they tell me they want via word of mouth before I even ask, I may need that $1,000 to be $3,000. You know, it's all about what you have to put down to actually get you going. Because think about it. You can talk all day long about what you want, what type of house you want, what area you want to live in. If you don't have no money, you're wasting me and your time. You're mainly more wasting your time, though, because you know you have to have money in order to get what you want. So the longer it takes you to start saving up, the harder it's going to be for you to get a home at a decent price. Because as I said earlier, houses are constantly going up. They're not getting any cheaper. Must have. So I've heard a couple of different... How you going to leave me out the conversation? Oh, well, right. I'm sorry. My bad. <laughs> no. So, Thomas, I'm don't beat me up. Now, now you gave me a reason to. You can't fight. Go ahead. <laughs> not, that I, not that I needed much of a reason. But anyway, um, so I I approach this differently. I'm going to answer this question in two ways. The first one I would say is kind of from a mortgage perspective. Um, everybody thinks that it's cheaper or better to buy than to rent. And I would say really, really, really educate yourself about what that means. There are plenty of people who go from home ownership to being renters again. Plenty of people who may even own a property and then go rent somewhere else. There's no right way to do it. And this idea that, oh, yeah, you're building equity. Equity is great, but equity does not look the way it used to. Home ownership is no longer this guaranteed fast track to wealth or to having equity. Um, It is going to be before the year is out. It's kind of what I'm anticipating. A bunch of people who bought homes in the last 12 months are about to be underwater. The market was inflated. It's people purchase things for way more than they're worth. The market's about to correct. For people who are looking to buy now, that's a good thing for you. Yep. So because those houses have to come up on foreclosure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, these, this concept of like, oh, you know, that should be your dream. If that's your dream because that's you want to own a house and you want to make it your own and you want all those things, that's great. But don't let people lead you down the path to unrighteousness because it is not all it is cracked up to be. And it will um, hurt you in the end. In the long so run. Um, I think the other side of this is, you know, people talk about like the simple stuff of like, oh, well, you know, houses, you know, if you're renting, you know, you call your landlord and they got to fix it. And yeah, that's a huge component of it. And you do need to take that into account because paying your mortgage is not the only thing that you have to do. Now you got to worry about, you know, depending on your situation, you got to work about a homeowner's association. You got to worry about cutting the grass. Um, You got to worry about um, removing the snow. Yeah. All of that's in if you don't do it, there's fines, right? Like there's all these extra stuff, extra things that you have to go along with, like price how much a potential hot water heater will cost you, how much a mm-hmm. harness will cost you. Um, a lot of homeowners end up with those kinds of expenses in the first couple of years. If you have pushed your budget to the max and you can barely afford your mortgage payment, 
a $2,000 surprise expense, unless you have that $2,000 saved somewhere or have credit or whatever ways, means of paying for it, you, you, if you live in the cold, you can't, you, you, you're going to have a real hard time without a furnace. Right. And then all the subsequent things that happen to a house when you don't have a furnace, right. Cause now your pipes are going to be cold. Your pipes burst you in some deep trouble. Right. Okay. So all of the things that come along with homeownership is not as simple as making a mortgage payment and paying some taxes. Um, you know, it's not so much of even again, just like, oh, well, you know, my rent's higher than that. Yeah, it is because your landlord is taking on all of the other risk of what happens, to, what could happen to a house. Um, I'll say on the flip side that if you are trying to be an investor, we I had a visitor, y'all. Um, if you were trying to be an investor, I will say also that realize that it's a long game. Real estate investing is not something that you buy a house and it, you know, you flip it or you hold on to it and you can make so much more money than your 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 rent is. That's not how it works anymore. The margins are super slim right now, um, mm-hmm. especially in this market. You are paying high interest rates. Investor interest rates and investor down payments are totally different than a homeowner. Right. And everybody thinks that real estate investing is the way to like make quick money and fix and flip stories. They do exist, um, but those are hard to come by. There are very few and far in between, and a lot of people underestimate the renovation budget that it takes. And then now that market values are correcting, what you think you can sell a house for, you can't. You also have to pay that mortgage while that house is on the market. Yep. You also have to come up with the money <laughs> to be able to do it, right? Like it just was. It was, this is not 20 years ago, right? Like 20 years ago, people made a lot of money in real estate. Um, But I find a lot of people getting into it now and then finding themselves losing stuff, losing a house, not able to make the renovations. Then they put it back on the market with half the renovations done. And then you get somebody who don't want to come out. Like, I don't want to come in and and finish your renovation. I want to come in and buy a house that's turnkey because I want a renter in it as soon as possible. Um. So I, I really just want people to understand that it's not it's not about this get rich quick, like the amount of sweat equity that you have to put in as both a homeowner, as an investor, it's just more than just talking about it. Jasmine, I just want to piggyback off of um, what you said. I agree with everything that you said 100%. That's why it's important for us to educate our clients. And I think that's the difference between um, somebody that's passionate about it and somebody that's just trying to make money. The goal is, even if we're looking for a house, what is your budget realistically? So if you're pre-approved for 200,000, what can you really afford monthly? And just making sure if you wanna become an investor, talking about you know that margin and talking about what all goes into it and making sure that they have incidentals you know, in place for you, you can have a budget in, together but once you open them walls up what does that electrical look like what does that plumbing look like you know so those are things that can add to your budget and making sure that these numbers make sense and you're educating both your you know because I work with investors as well as I work with people you know first-time home buyers but I'm it's important that we educate them and not lead them astray so we're telling them like no you shouldn't you shouldn't rent which I you know I, I agree you know I believe in I believe in home ownership I, and I'm not just saying it from a perspective of me making money. It's what I do myself. 
But I want to make sure that you're knowledgeable about what you're getting yourself into. You know, making sure that even if you're talking about purchasing a multi-unit, that you, okay, you may get $1,600 a month additional after the rents are paid and after your mortgage is paid, but you need to be putting up a portion of that money just in case you have things come up. Like you said, electrical, maybe something going with your roof. Maybe the, you know, your, your heating system goes out. You need to have things in place. And so it's important to not just, you know, make money, but to educate, especially our people about home ownership. Yes, it's great. It looks good. It feels good. But we want to make sure that you're able to keep your home long term. So, again, shopping at the top of your budget. Yeah, we can go to the top of your budget. But what can you realistically afford and making sure that you're looking at what they what they make? You ask them what, what they pay in rent monthly and try to stay within that range as opposed to taking them so far away from that. And then we're setting them up for failure. And the other side of it is banks will give will base how much you can afford off of your gross. Okay. That is not what you take home. Yep. If you have anything coming out, if you're trying to save money for your retirement, if you have health um, health insurance and then subsequent bills for maintaining your health, if you have child support, any of that stuff that comes out and not what you bring home at the end of the day, they're going to tell you, yeah, you can afford $300,000. When realistically, yep. it's not even close. Yep. Yep. And we have to be willing to have those conversations as opposed to just saying, hey, this I'm about to make this money. This person pre-approved for 300000 but we're literally setting them up for failure. And the goal should be to empower us, you know, as African-Americans. And we're building our neighborhoods because think about it. You take care, take better care of things that you own, you know, because it's yours. And so we want to set you up for success. We want you to be able to sustain, to sustain this long term as opposed to just getting into it because this is the ideal. It looks good, you know, but then you can't really afford this and you're not comfortable with this. And then the flip side too, just like as an investor, understand that there are also huge legal implications if you decide to go a landlord route. So ultimately I started um, doing property management for landlords who are like me, who are like, okay, I really like real estate. I'm about to go buy something and, you know, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and what <Yeah>. you realize <laughs> is that you can't just do it, <laughs> yeah. right? I've gotten real good at doing handy stuff myself um, and I can, can do some of that stuff and it's great now, but like just everything from like the eviction process from your tenants being legally able to withhold rent. If you don't respond to a, an issue in a timely manner, um, people being able to squat in your house, getting people out in some of these States is a nightmare. People, yes. I've read people have had people in their house not paying rent for 12 months. Yeah. Especially it blows your budget. budget. It blows your budget. Yeah. <laughs> you thought yeah. you were going to make $300, $400, $600 a month on a place and you're making nothing because now yeah. you got to come up with how to pay for that mortgage because this person is in your house. They're claiming they have some sort of claim to it and you're out of luck and you got to go to court all the time and this probably isn't your full-time job so now you got to miss work right now you're jeopardizing your mind like it's just so many things to be informed about and then just also you just don't want to be a trash landlord like, at the end of yeah. the day like you just don't want to be in a position where you have to worry about the legal stuff right like it's hard and it's also very difficult to manage like one property like real estate investing 
for a lot of people doesn't become a attractive, like real source of income until you're at least at the 10 door mark. And again, that's a long game. That means 10 down payments. If yeah. you're in multifamilies, that's a big down payment. Um, you have to be able to not have that money and be okay with it for a while until the money starts to flow, until you're able to, you know, bring that mortgage payment down or refinance. I mean, it's just, you know, the headline for me is just be informed. Don't listen to the person down the street who like, yeah, I bought this place and I'm making mad money on it. No, they're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And if they are, I would question some of the stuff that they might be doing to make that money, right? Like, you know, don't be a slumlord. <laughs> yeah, you might make bad bank, but you a slumlord. Like, yeah. you know, all the things that come along with it is like, there's plenty of information out there. There's YouTube. I mean, you could easily find out a lot of this information um, for free, but just be real. Go in with your eyes wide open. Yeah. Dropping fucking knowledge. I was waiting to say that to y'all. <laughs> Go ahead, Drew. So what advice would you give to just anyone that's wanting to embark, you know, into the real estate industry? Like, what's the best advice you can give someone? I, would- I actually want to start it because I'm sorry. I was going <laughs> to piggyback off what she was just speaking of as it relates to becoming an investor and actually telling people that you're making money. Don't look at real estate as it's a way for me to easily, easily make money. Yes, it is. But you actually have to do the work. You have to advertise yourself. You have to actually get out there. You have to have to get you some clients. You can't just depend on one or two, three sales, two or three posts. You know, that somebody's going to come and, and reach out to you or somebody's going to utilize that. Another thing Back with what they were saying, it looked like it's fun. It looked like you're making money, but you got a lot of money that you got to pay back too. You know, when you doing real estate, they don't take the taxes out, so you got to be mindful that you got to pay taxes next year. You know, you're not gonna get you get a 1098. You want to get a W2 for that. So it's like okay, well, I got to look at the tax area of it. It's so much more to it than saying, hey, I want to buy, sell, lease, rent houses know why you really want to do it. It's fun now. It's definitely fun, but it's a lot of fucking fees. And if you ain't applying yourself, you're going to pretty much just be throwing money away. Make sure that's something that you really want to do. Great side hustle as well. If you look at just put money to the side, but as they stated earlier, I mean, sometimes the market is up and down. And it may be hard at one point, investors between 2020 and late, late 2021. No, I say 2022 too. 2020 through 2022, these investors was making bank. I mean, they was able to purchase these home clips and put them out there. Some that were keeping them to actually be a landlord, it was a little bit tougher. But those who was just buying properties, flipping them and throwing them out, it used to be easy. It is not that easy anymore. I know four agents now who purchased multiple homes during that time and they're sitting on a few of them because they can't sell it now. People got scared because of interest rates, whatever. So just know that it is an up and down industry. The more you apply yourself, the more consistent it is for you. I agree. Um, and I just want to wanted to chime in on that. It definitely is an up and down um, industry. To the interest rate um, point, one of the things that I tell um, my clients is, one, because what they tend to think is that, oh, the interest rate is high. 
when they don't realize is that actually it's just normalized now. When COVID happened, man, them shits went low. I was fortunate enough, I bought my house and got a 2.7 inches rate. <laughs> but now it's just back normalized. However, I use it to my advantage to tell them, one, with interest rates being high and not so many people looking to purchase right now, you got an advantage because the sellers are giving more, more um, benefits. They're offering closing cost credits. They are offering, you know, different additions and add-ons. They are giving more to the buyers because it's not that many. One, so now you're not on, you're not out here competing against so many people to get your offer accepted. Um, but now you're also getting the credits on the back end. And then two, when the interest rates um, lower, you always can refinance and get a lower interest rate at certain points. So it's like. So now on the front end, you just got closing cost credits and maybe walked away with extra money in your pocket because they really giving away these properties right now because they sitting on. And then now on the back end, you're going to refinance it to get a better interest rate. So now you're in a win-win situation. Not to mention with the elections coming up, what we do know and doing my, doing my research, a lot of those presidential candidates and mayoral candidates they do a lot of um, offering um, lower interest rates and things in the real estate industry to entice people to vote for them. And it's not to say that it is guaranteed, but it happens a lot, right? But we're coming up on an election year next year. It happens, it happens very often. <laughs> but then I also connect myself with mortgage companies who provide my clients with different types of incentives where they will give them an additional $2,000 or so dollars closing cost credit on top of what you're getting from your seller um, to kind of keep them in the loop of the purchase. However, at the same time, it is very important to be prominent in your um, social media, in your posting, in your um, being available and showing yourself that you're out there reminding people. When I first got into real estate, I posted a couple of times, but then it was like, oh, everybody knew. And then I was seeing that my friends was closing houses and it was like, well, why are you, you know what I'm saying? What's happening? They're like, oh, I didn't know you was in real estate. And I wasn't offended because they chose, you know, they can choose whoever they want. But what it said to me was that I need to be very prominent in my posting on social media, reminding my my people, my family, friends, and just my my um, social media um presence in general, letting them know that I'm in real estate. If I'm submitting the offer, I'm posting I submitted that offer. We if we got an inspection coming up, I'm posting his an inspection day, closing day. I'm posting all of that stuff because guess what? It's reminding people that I'm doing my business. It's rocking. It's moving. And then I'm going on there posting little short videos, whether it's about, you know, tips in real estate, what's going on with the mortgage industry. I'm making TikToks, I'm making reels. So now can't nobody be like, oh, I forgot. Now, you ain't forget because I'm up and through your, your timeline. I'm up and through your face. And if you forgot, it's because you chose to forget. But that's okay because you just missed out on the closer deal with the closer. So what's up? But you definitely got to be prominent in that. If, if nothing else, I know Dominique posts. So I know I can't, you know, I can, I can reach out. I see Katera post all the time. I see Keisha post all the time. Um, you know, so I know like that that social media thing is 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 what's up and it's and it's going up. So I'm gonna give y'all a scenario. Um this may or may not be me. Um if y'all feel like it's me, judge your mammy. All right, so um this person has 
620 credit score, we'll say. Because I, I think that I think they say that's that's where the, the minimum. So we'll say they got a 620. They got champagne taste the with beer a beer budget. budget. They want a five-bedroom, three, five-bedroom, three-bath house on an acre and a half of land. And they don't want to spend no more than $250,000. Is that realistic or they need to stop smoking crack? I hear Montana's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ain't no black people in Montana, so... Flip through a couple magazines, put put you something on the vision board and manifest it. That's that's my only way. Ain't no black people in Montana, so Montana's out. But you know what? You get something like that. You really can. You just, it, it ain't gonna be a house on it. You have to build all this shit yourself, but <laughs> it, it's like something you can find in the land. <laughs> well, no, because so, so y'all know I watch a lot of um, HGTV. That's what's wrong. That's what it is. And see, it, but so yeah, it, it, that's exactly what's wrong. Watching this shit. Well, see, because and I'd be confused. I'd be like, okay, if y'all if y'all ever seen House Hunters, they'd be like, so um, I'm a stay at home mom, but I do, I go to, the, I, I I do, I sell flea market stuff on the side on the weekends, and my husband is, um. He's a manager at the local Best Buy. And our budget, uh, we, we were approved for $250,000 in a low end, but we want to go as high as like four fifty. dollars And I'll be like, how the hell y'all going to afford all this? Because you don't work, and he, Best Buy ain't paying <laughs> folks like that. So, is that unrealistic or is that just kind of like, is that made for TV? What do y'all think? So in terms of a budget, like it's a lot that goes into it. People, we don't do this, but other races set their families up. So they could have put something in place, you know, mm-hmm. for kids and said, okay, whenever you're ready to purchase a home, we'll pay half of it. Or, you know, like they put things into place. It also depends on when you're thinking about the price of a home, where is that home going to be located at? Because you have to be realistic. If you're talking about in Chicago, you can find something, you know, you, you can find something, but you have we have to be realistic about where you're at. And so it's important to have real conversations with your, your clients. You know, like I had a client recently looking for an investment property, want a multi-unit and want a pool in the backyard. Well, that's that's not gonna happen. And so I had to tell them up front, no, that, that's not gonna work. And then what I do too is I'll I'll send them properties. So they'll have an idea of what is out here within their budget. Like we just have to talk, have conversation and be realistic with ourselves because yes, I could say I could take it on and I could do it. Mm-hmm. I did that in the beginning. I've been doing this for five years now. It's not realistic. And so I have to be honest about where it is, which means that I may not be the realtor for you, you know, because you feel like I'm not giving you everything that you want, but realistically, is that even, it's not realistic. I'm chasing, I'm, I'm like a cat chasing my tail. My tail. It's not going to really work. And so you just have to think about where you're at. You have to be realistic with yourself and with your client so that, you know, they know what you can, what you can get in, in this area for that amount. As your friendly insurance agent, 
You don't want a pool. You don't yeah. want a trampoline. <laughs> why don't you want a pool? Right. Why would you want to? I want a trampoline. Well, I'm not getting. I can tell y'all why y'all want no. But say like because they don't know what comes behind all of that stuff, and they be thinking they Mm -hmm. want it. But when you go to looking into what it costs to maintain it, the insurance you gotta have, they rethinking. I will tell you that. Oh, go ahead, Jasmine. I was gonna say I will tell you that the insurance on a pool. um, If you have a pool that does not have a secure lock, fence around it, or a cover you will have a difficult time insuring it, period. Um, they will come and inspect it. They'll come and do a, take a look around your house. And if people are able to access your pool with very, like, without difficulty, they're not going to insure it at all. And even with that, the, the liability of having a pool where people can drown in it, insurance companies don't want that risk. Um, I've had people to not disclose that they have a pool and not disclose that they had a trampoline. And I've had their insurance rates skyrocket $500, $1,000 after the inspection is done because they come and look at it and go, there's no way, right? Like people, you want fence, you want a fence around your home. Like there's certain things that are huge red flags for insurance companies. Um, the latest one is roofs. And I tell people like, don't let your emotions drive your home purchase. It's really hard, especially if it's a home that you plan to live in and you're like, oh, it's pretty. And I always imagine myself living in it and I get it. I do. But if that um, roof looks like it's falling apart, not only are you not going to be able to halfway get insurance for it, but you also got to turn around and pay for one because you don't want it leaking mm-hmm. in your house. <laughs> um, you know, there's just a significant number of things that insurance companies look at. Um and I found myself not being able to get people low rates, especially lately, because roofs are basically covered at scheduled um, scheduled payment, which means that it's not replacement costs. So if you if your scheduled payment says you're gonna get ten thousand, your roof costs thirty. Yeah, you you got you got your pocket for that other twenty. So wait, you gotta have insurance to have a pool? Yes, I didn't know that. So let me back I mean, up. You gotta have insurance. Home on a house that you don't own <laughs> so let, let's let's back all the way up just because you buy a house in theory does not mean you own that house that bank is going to tell you when you own it you may own the door you may own you own the stove you probably own like the refrigerator and stuff um but by the time you finish with your closing and all that stuff you probably own like the front door the back door and maybe the toilet maybe the toilet maybe the toilet. <laughs> it's a huge maybe <laughs> by year five you may own one room <laughs> so realistically if you you need insurance on a home that is financed unless you buy it outright and even when people buy their homes outright i'm always like you want insurance because you spent the money on it why would you risk the thing burning down and then being like oh i have nothing to show for it or um well, the other side commit, of it is if you commit insurance fraud that don't really matter to you but go ahead you know, well, that's unfortunate. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear it. <laughs> you did. Keep going. La, la, la. Um, but no, if you, um, the other side of it too is people don't realize that, you know, insurance also covers things like, okay, let's say your house burns to the ground. Somebody's got to get rid of it. That's on you. Nobody's going to pay for that. You don't have to pay for that. And so, you know, even if it is your a home that you own, um, you want to insure it. But if you have a mortgage on it, you have to insure it. And if you don't have insurance on it, the mortgage will buy insurance for you. And mm-hmm. it's expensive when they do. 
You got to have it. So the pool and the trampoline, is that kind of like just liability purposes or is that just yes. like, okay. It's liability. Okay. It's basically it's basically the access to it, right? So it's one thing, a, a big part of it is people will use your pool when you're not home, right? Like the, like if it's not locked, like there's been plenty of circumstances where people have had accidents or drowned or whatever in people's pools, even though they had no legal right to access said pool and have won because the protection is negligent and they're looking at negligence and insurance companies are like, I ain't covering that. Nah. Has to be locked. Dropping fucking knowledge. I just learned something I never knew. So, um, I do, like I said, I do watch a lot of HGTV. The one thing I got from HGTV is when I buy a house and or or build a house, whatever, whichever one is going to happen first, um, I got to have heated floors um, in the bathroom. It's, it's, it, I, I saw it on HGT. I was like, bro, like that, that would be cool to step out the shower and step on heated floors. And I just, you know, just, especially in the wintertime, because I don't like being cold. Huh? Just know what comes with those heated floors. That's expensive. I don't know nothing about, there was $1,000 for that particular mm-hmm. bathroom. But you shouldn't so, even feel heated floor in the bathroom because you should be stepping on a, a bath mat. A rug or okay, something. Okay, You're not stepping yeah, on the, the floor. <laughs> I mean, the house clean. Why well, can't step on the floor? No, you don't step on a bathroom you floor. You <laughs> step on a bath mat. Then after that, if your feet are dry, I mean, me, I stick my feet in some house shoes after that. After I dry myself off. But if you want to step on the 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 floor, the hot floor. Gonna fuck around, burn your feet, and slip and fall and have an accident. But we got an insurance broker, though. We got- <laughs> she she won't tell me. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you exactly how that conversation is gonna go. Hey, Jasmine. So I was getting out of the shower and I slipped and I bust my ass. After she stops laughing, <laughs> she will then say, Oh, I can't cover you for that. So just take your ass to the hospital. <laughs> Sounds like negligence to me. Uh, to avoid all that, let's just nix the heated floor um, idea. Well, maybe, <laughs> may, may, okay. Well, maybe not. Maybe we don't put them in the bath, and we'll put them in the in the bedroom. Just get your On heated my side. Get your no. heated blanket, and you'll be good. Them things weigh like eight hundred pounds. I don't need all that. That's okay. It's still going to do the same thing. Get Look, as soon as you get out the shower, a heated blanket, not a weighted blanket. Right. <laughs> look, it's a lot of meat. I get hot easily. <laughs> so, but no, we're going to go to break um, and we're going to get into some petty pop culture here in a second. Uh, so stay tuned. I hope y'all are enjoying this and y'all learning something. If you didn't learn something in that last segment, listen to that shit again. So you can learn something. Uh, we'll be right back. Are you expecting a child and need someone to assess your birthing needs and create a personalized plan to support your growing family? Well, look no further than your birthright. Your birthright are doulas who are trained professionals who provide nonstop and compassionate support throughout your pregnancy and the first steps into parenthood. Your birthright also offers herbal teas for inflammation, immune health, menstrual cramps, and more. Use the code HERXWORLD at checkout for 20% off services and teas. For more information, check out yourbirthright.life. You don't have to go through your pregnancy alone with your birthright. 
Welcome back to Hurts World. I'm your girlfriend's favorite podcast host, and I'm joined by your daddy's favorite podcast host, too, Junior. Why Your granddaddy's favorite podcast host, <laughs> co host, special guest. You're going to give somebody daddy a heart attack. Anyway, um, and man, we are talking real estate. We are talking um, insurance. We're talking mortgage broking. Um, so before we get into the pop culture, um, is 620 the 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 kind of sweet spot for your credit to be um and what and and, and just a, in it's probably different in each state but what's a decent amount to have saved to you know go into the purchasing process of a house or a um property let's start with uh let's start with Dominique again so 620 is a good credit score. You know, you can go as low as 580, but I like people to be higher. One, because it does um, affect your interest rate. But typically, mm-hmm. if you're higher, that means you're a little more responsible. Um, and I usually tell people to have at least um, 1% of their per- the purchase price for their property when they're, you know, when they're going to look. Um, and also because they need to anticipate other expenses like their appraisal, um, inspection, things like that. Okay. Katera, what about you? Sorry, I don't know why it'd be so hard for me to unmute. Um, 620 is the credit score. Um, so I have two lenders that I work with. One of my favorite lenders um, that I work with at um, Rocket Mortgage goes to 620. However, my other lender, she knows herself with Nolipo, they will go as low as um, a 580. So it just depends. I kind of really just see where my clients are. Um, and just move them accordingly. But I would prefer 620 because it gives you more buying power. And how much money you thinking up front? Up front? Well, right now, you at least need 20. Okay. Closing costs. Yeah, about 20. Keisha, what you think? Or what 620 you think? is safe. 620 is safe. Um, but I have a lender that actually approved someone with a little as a 500. Now, of course, you got to pay a, a lot in your interest and you may not have a lot of options as it relates to programs that you qualify for, such as first time home buyer down payment assistance in Tennessee or um, I know VA. You can't have anything under the 640, I believe, for a VA. Um, but 620 is really safe. It actually gives you a, a decent, I'm not going to say it's going to be the best interest rate, but you'll get a decent interest rate with a 620, especially what's going on right now. And based on how much your income on top of your credit will give you a lot of buying power. You know, instead of 200,000, you'd probably be approved for 250. Again, don't mean you can afford 250. It just means you got 250 as a max. Um, I would say, like I said earlier, $1,000, I need to be able to look at $1,000. Like, I need you to be able to say, I got cash. So you can put something down. But realistically speaking, if you talk about closing costs, however much money you're willing to spend on a house in your head, because you may get a house for $200,000 and it ain't worth number $50,000. So however much you feel you can afford in your head, you need to have 20% of that. Okay. So, um, once again, 
Um, we working on credit. Um, and and I'm not. I don't. I never not credit karma. But I keep hearing like, hey, you know, credit karma says my credit score is like this. And then you get to these, you know, car dealerships, you get to these banks and they'd be like, yeah, your credit score is a whole lot lower than that. So you should need, you should stop using it. Um, you know, so kind of be conscious of what your credit score is, uh, whether you, you know, because you, you can pull a free credit report from, you know, the three bureaus once a year, I believe, um, or get somebody that. You know, it's gonna fix your credit. That can that knows the, the tips and tricks. So do it yourself. Um, you know, so credit is important. And I and I, the one thing I will say, um, it's a lot of people, um, older than us that that, that did not understand the advantages of having good credit. Um, and you know. They put stuff in Lil Ray Ray name or they put stuff in Bebe name and then Bebe turned 18 and they got, you know, a, a utility bill, a cable bill and all this other stuff in their name and they can't get cars and they can't get houses. Um, you know, so I do applaud the younger generation um, that is, that has taken what they've seen and said, OK, well, I'm going to my credit is important to me. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. I'm going to, you know, be smart about what I'm doing. Um, you know, so kudos to y'all. Chris, what you got? Credit. That's so true. Credit is, is not accurate. Um, you have a credit card with like Discover. I think Capital One does it. Wells Fargo does it. They give you once a month. They allow you. They allow you to look at your credit score. It still isn't as accurate. It's closer than credit. And of course, once a year, you can go to freecreditreport.com and you can get your credit report from every bureau free once a year. Um, see what's on your credit report. See if there's some things on there you want to dispute. You don't have to pay all these major companies to fix your credit. You can reach out to the credit bureaus yourself. Here's some free game. If you got a shitload of inquiries about what five to seven points, you can get rid of them easily. Send a letter. I remember doing this. Credit bureaus got 30 days to respond to you. They don't respond within 30 days. Guess what? They got to automatically erase it. Automatically. Certified mail. Send the mail so you can track those days. Another thing with credit don't just focus on trying to get a certain number. Make sure while you focus on building your credit, you're also saving money. I used to think that it's easier to just, if I got all my credit cards, let me just hurry up and pay my credit cards off. Well, you have to up and pay your credit cards off or you have your doctor bills off. You haven't saved any money for the rest. Now you want to get a house, you got the credit, but you ain't got no money saved to put down. It, you got to look at it on both ends. <laughs> You need credit. Which one is more important? They're both very equal, very realistic. I just wanted to throw that out there because some people feel like, oh, my credit score got to be did it. I told you I can get you approved with 500. Now, what comes along with you having 500 probably a shitload of money out your pocket up front, but you can get approved. That's what you said you wanted. You got to look at what do you really want? You want a house, just to say you got a house, or you want a house that you can afford. 
that you're going to live in and you don't have to worry about trying to sell it like these dumbasses is about to do by the end of this year. They purchased these homes in the past two years, $40,000 over what they were actually worth. Yes, dumbasses. And I am coming for y'all asses so that I can give me some houses sold at a decent price. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm going to sell mine too while I'm at it. <laughs> this is why I knew. I knew for a fact I needed you on this episode because I knew you were going <laughs> to be needing it. Um, but no. So let's get messy. Um, and let, so, and when I say let's get messy, uh, I've decided I was going to make this first question kind of like a staple of the Women's uh, History Month episodes because I feel like people are going to give different opinions. So, first question. Um, Nick Cannon did a recent interview and basically he said, I'm going to stop having kids when God tells me, which is perfectly fine. Do your thing, pimp. Um, you can afford all these kids or you, you know, you can make means do what you got to do. Now, here's the question. Nick Cannon comes up to you in a club or at an open house, whatever. <laughs> and he says, hey, you're a very attractive young lady. Um, I know you either single or in a relationship or married, but I'm trying to basically repopulate the earth and I want you to have my baby are you having Nick Cannon's baby one let me tell you something hold on that's one and then two Mm -mm. if Nick Cannon says you have my baby I elevate your lifestyle because he's going to pay like let's say $25,000 in child support a month you going to have Nick Cannon baby Mommy. I'm not having that nice kid. Let me tell you what. What y'all don't know is Nick Cannon is being smart as hell, okay? He having all these kids, so his ass can't text right off. Think about it. Them women that he having these kids by, I'm not knocking them. They are gorgeous. They are beautiful. They can file taxes normally. They're normal human fucking beings, okay? But Nick Cannon, on the other hand, he need a couple write-offs. He already got donation and TV shows. Shit, what's 12 kids going to do for the taxes? That, that's one thing. So be honest, I have no reason to provide you with another offspring. You, you're getting enough. You need to let me borrow some of the motherfuckers so that I can get some tax write-offs, if we're being completely honest here. Uh, but uh, no, nah, I'm not having this kid. But on the second notion, you can't put me up higher than I'm already up. Now, it's fucked up they make sound. Sometimes us as women, we gotta be arrogant with ourselves. Our peace is so much, so much more. It's worth so much more than a piece of money. And so if I work this hard to drive it and I can maintain where I'm getting the money looking good and it's nice, then she and I don't need no money. On the flip side of things, I only have eyes for one. And we ain't even got no kids. What the fuck make you think I'm gonna give you one for a text right off? Nah, I'm okay. Jasmine, you having Nick Cannon, baby? The only person's baby I would have at this point is Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know my life. But I, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need a lot to convince. Yeah, no. <laughs> Zora may want a little brother or sister. He asked me every day for a little brother. 
There you go. And Nick Cannon can help with that. Child cheese. He nutting up in everybody. Absolutely not. (laughs) Not I don't care so much about my body. Too many soul ties attached to you. Yes. Mm -mm. Too many. I don't need that, baby. Keep that over there. I'm sending enough over here. That's even more. I I don't need that attached to my name (laughs) when I get to the gates. I got a pen for me. I can't repent for you and all them. You the nothing too. It's too many over here with me. Y'all are too funny. That's too low. Even if I'm trying to calculate if I'm dating somebody, I'm going to be like, wait, okay, how old are you? Do you have kids? Carry the one. How old am I? How many do you want? Minus when you going to retire? And then I get a number and it'd be like, nope. Right. Look. It's my thing with it, it equals it equals it equals you can get somebody else to do it, Jazz. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm here's my look. At first, look when we we were seeing all this stuff about Nick Cannon. I'm like, at first, I ain't gonna lie, y'all. I was like, shit, I don't know, baby, give me all the money. But then I thought, I don't even like kids like that. Who fuck gonna raise this baby? Who's going to take care? Who's going to watch my life? It's on the go. I got my own podcast. I'm going to go with. I'm mentoring. I'm trying to get my speaking engagement going. Who about to watch this child? And I'm an intentional parent. I pour into my kids. I'm not at a point in my life right now that I could really sit down and educate this child and pour into it like I want to. So really, that baby going to end up losing because daddy really ain't going to be there. Mama ain't got the capacity to be there. And I just don't shortchange my kids. So you know what? I was like, that little cheap piece of change sound good. But when it comes down to the well-being and the mental capacity of this child that I'm about to introduce to society, I can't even be that person to be sitting back and have a Jeffrey Dahmer out here killing everybody. I ain't gonna be able to do it. That's it. That's it. I agree. I ain't got time for it. They ain't act like I got time for it. So that's three. Uh, Dominique. So. Well, wait, wait. I'm (laughs) going to switch it up a little bit. Nick Cannon (laughs) comes to you and says, hey, I know you married. I know you love your husband, but you know what? I'm going to elevate your life. I'm going to give you $50,000 a month because you got a husband. And I, I know you, I know it may take a lot to break them vows. Oh, um, Marvin, I'm sorry. Let me tell you something. He didn't give it for Risha $500,000. I'm ripping. She didn't even have no baby. Nick going to have to up that end. Come on, well, man. Okay, well, Nick Cannon got Diddy type of money, so $500,000. Yeah, we can do that. But you have to have his baby, you have to raise his baby, and you got to stay married. Now, I know, now, Dominic, I know your husband. I know your husband, people. Are we getting this bag, or you going to tell Nick Cannon to get out your face? Listen, I can't have nobody, baby. Nobody. So that's a no for me. Get somebody else to do it. <laughs> but you know what? The funny thing is, everybody hates Nick Cannon. Like they they down him, but I have mad respect for him. I think about all the people or all the men that are out here that are doing it, and I, I agree, Dominique. 
I agree, Dominique. He's bold. He, he's clear about his intentions. He's letting everybody know. So I respect that. I would rather you be honest than to lie about it. So I have mad respect mm-hmm. for, him, for him. So that's why he can position himself exactly the way he is because he's honest. Like he's like one of them, you know, one of them old school pimps. Like this, it is what it is. This is what you I know. agree. I just can't have a baby for him, but I, I agree. I can't, I can't, I can't nah. have nobody. Not him, nobody. So I'm I'm good. I'm I not interested. Lie. I'm if like you. Brown, I might give him a show. No, I, don't I don't have the capacity. <laughs> no. It would be a no as, for me. As I told y'all last show, I love baby. They know I love <laughs> I do. But. But if Ashanti or Maya, maybe even Rihanna, came up to me and said, hey. And that's perfectly fine. But here's the thing. Medium ugly and ugly dudes have a tendency of women. I'm medium ugly. If Jermaine Dupree can get with Janet Jackson, if fucking ASAP Rocky can get with Rihanna. ASAP is fine, though. ASAP Rocky look like a troll. ASAP Rocky is not fine. But Did you hear that story on Instagram? Then my body body body. You hear me? That man can smile. I need Nigel to come walk in. He right is now. model material. Mm-mm. He is fine, baby. Mm-mm. And you know, you know who could come to me and ask me uh, to have that Bruh, if a, so, so if a Marion said he go five hundred thousand dollars, no, Marion ain't find me. Absolutely, <laughs> yes. I mean, Steve, we we. It'll be okay. So we we gonna have a conversation. We're gonna have a little conversation. He already know what's up. He already said, um, I could go. I'm just saying. <laughs> We'll have a little conversation. But outside of Omarion, then that's it. Horrible. Um, all right. So next thing in pop culture. There's a viral video going around um, of a guy and, a, and his wife. Guy worked a 13-hour shift. Um, some type of, you know, work. Makes decent money. He pays all the bills. Um, kind of like an old school type relationship. Um, he comes home, his wife is eating a slice of pizza, and he goes, Hey, you know, well, what's for dinner? She looks at him and says, I don't know. Uh, you can go feed yourself. Um, she was getting dragged on social media because um she's pretty much a stay-at-home person, she doesn't work. Um anything like that. She don't work? She don't work at all. Um, Is she trifling for not making this man a plate? Um, Or is he wrong? Or is he just, or did he just ignore her red flags because he was in love? I think, first of all, I would say he ignored her. It's a leg. Go, Dominique. It's a leg. 
Because yeah. it seemed like I'd talk and then it'd be a big pause. Go ahead and go. Go ahead, Dominique. So I don't think that she's trifling, but I do think that she's wrong. And I think, you know, especially if he's the breadwinner and he's taking care of stuff, you know, I, I think that you you should want to, like, in a relationship, you should want to take care of each other. And if you know he's taking care of you, the least you can do is provide the meals. But what I will say is he he probably let things go too long. This is not the first time. And th- there should have been a conversation and there should have been, you know, um, things in place of what you want and what you're expecting. And I think that maybe that did not happen. And so his feelings were hurt, but I do think that she's wrong. I don't think she's trifling per se, but I do think she's wrong. I think that if that's the least he's asking for from you is to, you know, is to provide a meal, provide a meal. Like you're taking care of him because he's taking care of you. I look at this in two different ways. Um, I come from a therapy side because I am an active person in therapy. Uh, I feel like it is great for life balance, by the way. So if y'all think I need therapy, try it. It's fun. But my therapy um, response, I've learned understanding people raised and raised. And what you feel may be important, maybe of um, reverence. So it may have meant more to her to cook, whereas it meant a lot than her just cooking to him. So I think you first got to look at the partner and just not look at it as how you would, but how would they do it? Now, Lakeisha, she wrong as hell. I ain't say she trifling because, again, she probably was not raised to know to take care of home, you know, or she, she probably just care at home let's do that you've been at home all day you haven't done anything the least you can do outside of cooking uh outside of cleaning is cook your man something to eat you got to cook for your kids they got to eat so why not make sure he ate as well if you're just gonna throw them a little lunch but the least you can do is to the side until you feel like you you out your little bubble and you go in there and cook him dinner i don't think he was wrong for his reaction at all i really don't um she got the better What you think, Mom? Now I got more to say. <laughs> Herc, what you think? So, I but don't... Let me, before you go in, let me say, this, this is a conversation that I hear very often, right? And it's always pertaining to if the man works and if he do this and that. And I believe one of the questions that I saw on our list was, being in the real estate industry, how do we do with our counterparts who don't don't or may not make the same amount of money? Everything in this society now and for a long time has always been male-centered. Always about what he working nine to five and you got to stay home and clean up because we don't live in those damn ages no more. I don't know why this conversation keeps coming up because that ain't even totally realistic to society nowadays where the man is just the man is the all the sole breadwinner going to work, and now you know we got to have the house clean, the kids take care of, and the food cooked. Because if the roles was reversed, well, who's having the conversation where it's like your woman is the breadwinner? Are you making sure the house is clean and the kids' homework is done and the food is cooked for her? I very seldomly hear that conversation, but it's necessary if we gonna have the other conversation on the other end. Now, me, myself, I'm never, I've 
I used to think as long as I've been, I'm going to say about since I was nine years old and my mom was on this call, she can attest to it. I always wanted to be a housewife, housewife, which was baffling to me because I never had a good example of what a successful mm-hmm. marriage and relationship was. But I desired that. Where that came from, I don't know. And up until, I'm going to say, up until about maybe like four or five years ago, that has, I, I, I don't, my mom will sit us down, my sisters the six of us. What y'all want to do after high school, after college, what's y'all career? Everybody went around and said, I want to go to this college, I want to do this and that. I don't want to go to college. I don't want to go to school. I want to stay home, take care of my husband and my kids. And I want to be taken care of. That has been my answer for as long as I can remember up to about, like I said, about four or five years ago. I came into knowing myself and who I was and the entrepreneurial person in me and just the go-getter in me won't even allow me to sit at home and not do nothing. Um, but mm-hmm. however, there are women that I know who are in that role. A lot of a lot of women that I know are in that role. One, because it just makes sense. Not because they want to, but because it makes sense in the sense of daycare just costs too much. And if you go to work and I go to work and this child go to daycare, it's equivalent to one of our salaries. So one of us might as well not even go to work and just take care of the kid because we're really only just paying for daycare anyway. Right. <clears throat> but it's like a lot of women are in that role. Not like I said, not because they want to, because they have to. Some of them are there because they want to. But just because we sit at home and we clean up the house and we take care of the kids, that don't matter. That don't mean that we ain't doing nothing because one of my Facebook posts I made the other day, the man may be the head, but it takes a real strong neck. It takes a real strong goddamn neck to hold the head up. And as the women, we are the symbolization of that neck, that backbone behind that man. And so he may go to mm. work and do the hard work, but we handle all that shit on the back end. We natural nurturers by nature. We are handling your emotions, our children's emotions, our emotions, making sure everybody is grounded. And then we also sometimes put ourselves on the backbone into us. We don't even handle our emotions. We're putting you and the kids before ourselves. So don't sit up here and tell me, you know, say it maybe one day I I, I don't just because I stay at home don't mean I don't have other things going on. So whereas I gotta cook dinner every day, baby. This today we're gonna have to get some takeout and you're gonna have to be goddamn fine with that shit. So, I will say this. Um, I agree one thousand percent with everything you said. Um, do I think she's? Do I think the woman is trifling? No. Do I think she's wrong? Yes. Um, do I think a conversation needed to be had? Of course. I also think he ignored a whole bunch of red flags because if she wasn't cooking in the beginning or she wasn't doing this in the beginning. You can't expect because you put a ring on her finger for her to magically. Amen. Absolutely true. Person. Absolutely true. Um, and vice I, versa. Right, and I will, and I will say the flip side. Um, and and we'll just go straight into that uh, that that topic. Um, like I said earlier, I just got a raise, but without you know commission. My baby, they make more than me. So I, I jumped and was like, bro, I quit, I quit my job right now. You can take care of me. And she looked at me and said, um, so you going to stay at home and wake up and take kids to school and make lunches and then do this and do that? I said, hell no, because I'd I be bored at home. Like I got to be outside the house. So 
me personally, <laughs> um, I can take a woman who makes more than me. I can, you know, my ego is, you know, won't be hurt if my woman make more than me. Um, but there needs to be a conversation so that nobody gets their feelings hurt or nobody, you know, is looked down upon in any particular way because the male ego is a is a fragile thing. But at the same time, um, women can be mean sometimes. And y'all kind of, and I'm not saying y'all in particular, but I'm saying some women just be like, they look at a dude that they make more than and look down on him. Like Gabrielle Union, for instance. Um, and her first marriage, she she was like, bro, I make more than I make more than my husband, so it gives me the right to cheat on him. Okay. Not right at all, but that was her mindset because she made more money than him. So um Gabrielle Union. About she said that in an interview. She said she said in an interview about her first husband, not Dwayne Wade, because Dwayne made they they I think Dwayne made more than her. But uh, uh regardless, if you if you if if the in the ladies on the panel, y'all are making more than y'all partners. Do you think y'all's partner one could accept that? And two, what would that conversation look like? Um, in y'all's opinion, we'll start with Dominique. You mute. You mute. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. No, I don't think it would be an issue. I just think it's all about communication and establishing what works for you and your relationship, not other people's. Not what society says. It's about what works for you and your partner. And you have to communicate and you have to be upfront and you have to be honest. You have to be open to hear what he has to say. He has to be open to hear what you have to say. Um, and you do want to take in consideration people's feelings, you know, and just having like a real honest conversation with your partner. And again, it's not about, I think sometimes we have these conversations and it's like all or none. And it's not, it don't, it doesn't work like that. Some people, some relationships work this way and other relationships work that way. And you have to figure out what works best for you and your partner, not what society says, not what your parents did, not what your friends did. Absolutely. Doing. Absolutely. Right for you. Yeah. You're muted now. <laughs> I know. So, Katera, I know you, you know, last episode you were uh, in between, you were in between relationships. Um, so, hypothetically speaking, do you think you could be with somebody that you make more than, and do you think that person will be able to accept it? I absolutely feel like um, we can, and it's, and it's been proven evidence with several couples um, that I know. The thing is, is about the mentality of your partner. If you have a partner who can accept um, who you are, right, and the drive that you have and not be overshadowed by your um, drive and what you are pursuing, then you absolutely can. But it's going to take the confidence in that person to be able to do so. And that is something I believe Dominique was just saying in regards to having that conversation. And a lot of that is not happening in the relationship nowadays. People are falling in love, and I'm so sorry to say, 
love is not gonna pay your bills nowadays. It is. I, I do believe oh, it, it is important. Listen, and it ain't because because what'll happen, right? Men gonna hear this conversation and be like, "Oh, you know, they gold diggers or they just want money." Let me tell you something. Tell me one thing in this world that don't cost. Tell me, tell me a store I can go to and I could be like, I got a shit ton of load of love right here. Can I buy this with? That shit just ain't happening. Mm-hmm. You ain't about to be able to purchase the things that you need. And I mean just necessities. I don't mean designer things and all the stuff that society tell us that we got to have. I mean necessities. My mortgage right now, I can't go to my uh, mortgage company and be like, hey, I got three bags of love right here. Is that enough to cover this mortgage? It ain't happening. My car note out there. I ain't going to my car dealership and be like, can y'all take four bags? You know what I'm saying? Y'all get the picture. So a lot of people are, what we're doing is we're falling in love with people, one for love and two for the potential of the person. That potential of that person ain't going to be able to work because guess what? We can see their potential all day. It's up to them to decide if that's the potential they want to live up to because they can know their potential as well. They can know that, you know what? I have the potential to be this person or this far and go this far. But guess what? They got mental issues that they need to address. They got mommy and daddy issues that they need to address. They got first girlfriends who broke their heart issues that they need to address. They got so many things that all of this shit that came before you, that came before you. And what we're not doing is spending enough time with these people to unpack all of these issues. And we got them ourselves, right? We get, we get What we need to be able to do is to be truthful and transparent and come forth and be like, listen, this is what I'm dealing with. Like right now, as Marvin said, <laughs> I'm dealing with a breakup right now. A, a recent uh, breakup of stuff. Now I'm going to be very transparent because that's why I am. I love my man to death. I do. As sure as we separated right now, I love him to death. But at the same time, I do understand that the levels and the places that we are in life right now are two totally different places. And right now, I ain't in a place to entertain another man right now because I'm building myself up. I don't have anything to give to another man right now. Because right, right now, all of my focus that I'm doing and all the pouring into is for me. I, I spent a lot of my life pouring into so many people. My mama, my siblings, my kids, a man. I'm pouring into me right now. I don't have anything at this moment to give Amen. to nobody else right now. And so but we got to have those conversations. We do. And so do I feel like there are men out there who are able to, I'm a, for lack of a better word, live in the shadows of their woman? Absolutely. And they'll do it pure heartily. And they're going to support the fuck out of her. It could, because oh, if we're speaking about, you know, my past relationship, it, I don't think it was that, you know, in regards to my my business and, and what I was doing overpower. One day, I was just telling my friends earlier, one day my phone was blowing up and I'm, who are these people calling me? He took my door hangers, put my business cards in them, went into the neighborhood over mine and hung them shit because he was proud of me. But guess what? I need you to be proud of you that much. I need you to point to you that much. Because if I got me and you got me, who got you? If both of us got me and only I'm supporting you, who's supporting you? I need you to give that much to your own self. But we aren't willing, we aren't willing to have those conversations and we're not willing to take a step back and sacrifice that relationship for now to make sure it's pure. Because what we're going to do is we're going to go into these relationships with these underlying um, problems and tendencies. And then when it come up three, four years later, now we looking like, damn, I wasted all the time. But you saw that shit in the beginning, but you was too afraid to have that conversation because it was uncomfortable. Have those conversations. We got to. She spoke a word there. Um, Jasmine, I don't know how you're going to follow that, but um, go ahead. <laughs> 
I mean, ditto. Um, <laughs> here's here's the thing. Um, I have misunderstood the assignment multiple times, and <laughs> I do not think that it is a measure of finances, but a measure of experiences. Those are two very different things, right? It's not about the details of the person. Now, some of those things are predictors, right? If you did this, then it's likely that you are open-minded or, you know, open to these types of experience and things like that. But the money doesn't make the difference. The type of life that you want to lead does. So if someone needs to feel validation from being able to take care of their family, whatever that means to them, it's not going to work for me. Right. Because I'm not, what am I, am I supposed to be like, am I supposed to not work so you can feel comfortable? Am I supposed, I can't oh, live my life. <laughs> I remember I, I was dating mm. this guy and he would be like, you've done everything. How are we going to do anything together for the first time? <laughs> am I supposed to unlive my life? You to hit another nope. girl. You hit another. You want me to pretend that I ain't uh, go on that trip that time? Like th- that's not possible, right? And so people are looking for things and have these mentalities that you know you lo- you start life when a partner arrives, and I would assume that the women on this call <laughs> did not feel that way, right? And and I and most people I know don't feel that way, right? They've been living their lives, and if someone comes in and they ask for that, that's great. Um, and if they never do, that's okay too. Um, but for 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 a lot of Man, it's not so much I don't think about the actual dollar amount. It's completely about do I feel like I can match your whatever? And if that's what you're trying to do, then I'm not the person for you. I have a perspective where I think that you probably don't need to be in a relationship if you're trying to match somebody. That's my strong opinion. I mean, and maybe that, you know, I could be proven wrong, but I, I just don't see this idea like it's not a competition <laughs> and I've been in a lot of relationships where guys saw it as some sort of a competition as a, and not just in relation to money as it relates to you know I did this or I did that or I've you know I drive it I don't care I don't care um lot of I will say that. All right, Keisha. We say we saved you for last. Take what you got. I had to marinate and make sure I use the right words. Who is 
coming from things I've learned in therapy and over the time of myself. Sometimes women can be very controlling and or is very controlling, and even if it's not not trying to be con- uh, aggressive, not trying to be controlling. We're very comfortable individuals. And sometimes our industries and over achieving as a relationship success can come off as arrogant when it's really just imitate with that being said i dated a lot of guys in the past that would not take me seriously and i knew that i was kind of put in the you know homegirl friends on area because of how i am what type person i mean you know Uh i'm just saying but i would always get placed categorized and i never really understood why it wasn't until um I got older and I started to realize, like, damn, people really look at me is I got everything. Like, I got all. You were 26, you had a house, you had a great car, you had a great career. Yeah, but now at 31, I can sit back and see, oh, I see why everybody, see why some of those guys were intimidated. I see why they didn't want to even give it a shot because they felt. They, that was their ego thing. They wanted to be the ones that's dominant. They wanted to be the ones that were more good. They wanted to be the ones to to be the top right bottom. I realized all the time that if I'm going to be with someone who sees me as their equal, sees me as trying to be their partner, regardless of how much money I need. I was And with my man now, when I tell you they just so pure, I do make more because of my career. And I told him that again, and I checked to make sure it wouldn't be a problem. I want you to always know that as a woman, to be honest, I can take care of all my needs and my wants and probably yours too. But that don't mean that I don't want you to be that for me. They don't mean that I'm going to throw that up in your face. If anything, I want to be your partner so we can build that together. What I have is going to be essentially yours as long as my last name's changed, of course. Um, but I think it's it's really how you approach it. Like um, Dominique said earlier, communication is big. Communication is very, very big. Before my boyfriend even knew what I did for a living, he knew, you know, my credentials and stuff like that. It was like, okay, I know she make money. You know, like I, I know. But at the same token, you don't know because who said I have a job in that field at that level to make that money. Now that I'm where... I would like to be, and then some. I'm not looking at the fact that I make more money than him. I'm looking at what we can do together, how much money we can save as a as a family, how much money we can invest and build together. Of course, I ain't gonna be no damn fool and give anything. But you know, um, when with marriage that comes, it's not just money more. So I think you know, knowing who you're dealing with, communicate. As well as knowing if that's going to be your life partner. Because if that's not who you plan on marrying, baby girl, he ain't got to know shit that's going on in your financial care. He ain't got to know a damn thing. It's a blessing that you even communicating that. And I told my man, as my boyfriend, it is a blessing. I even showed you an awful letter, sir, because I don't do that to nobody. That's mm-hmm. just potential. That's not exactly where it said. So you looked at potentially what I got going on. Just think of what we will have going on when my last name changed. I'm trying to be your partner. I ain't trying to be the head. I can let you lead. I will gladly follow. But I can't follow you if you ain't following Christ. You want me to stay in my place? I need you to stay in yours. 
You said a word and a praise with that one. What you say? Hallelujah. Drew, Drew, you got anything to add before we go to break? Um, I mean, my husband makes more than me, clearly. But I do know that it is equal between us. Um the, the job before this one, he told me, um, you can quit your job and just focus on getting your business off the ground. And he was like, I will pay all the bills. He said, I just need you to put in all your time and all your focus into your business. Um, then I had some things, you know, come up with family issues with my dad and everything. And so I had to put that on the back burner. But, you know, a lot of men don't do that these days to tell you, hey, quit your job, focus on your business. So I appreciate, you know, just having that type of support, you know. That's the only thing I have to add. Well, we ain't quitting no jobs over here. Um, no. Just because um, that money good, but that money together is even better. So we're going to take our last break, man. We'll be right back with more Hurts World. Don't go nowhere. Are you expecting a child and need someone to assess your birthing needs and create a personalized plan to support your growing family? Well, look no further than Your Birthright. Your Birthright are doulas who are trained professionals who provide nonstop and compassionate support throughout your pregnancy and the first steps into parenthood. Your Birthright also offers herbal teas for inflammation, immune health, menstrual cramps, and more. Use the code HERXWORLD at checkout for 20% off services and teas. For more information, check out yourbirthright.life. You don't have to go through your pregnancy alone with Your Birthright. Welcome back to Hurts World. We welcome back to Hurts World. Uh, man, we have been talking real estate. We've been talking pop culture. And uh, man, before we get up out of here, I want to give these ladies the opportunity to kind of brag on themselves a little bit. Um, tell everybody what you got coming up, uh, what you got going on, uh, where they can reach you so they can, you know, purchase some of these uh, buildings or houses that y'all that y'all got going or get some insurance. Um, so Dominique, I know you just won an award. Um, so please, please plug that and tell people where they can find you. So, um, I actually just was inducted in the business one hall of fame. So that's what you're, what you're, uh, referring to, but I can be, thank you. Um, I can be found on Facebook at Dominique Lawrence hyphen Morgan, IG at Dominique underscore Lawrence underscore Morgan. And I also can be reached via email at realtordominiqueorgan at gmail.com. And, oh, you got an inspirational quote that you live by, anything like that? Um, missed that part. I'm sorry. Um, no, nah, just throw it in there. You good. Um, um, let me think. I, it's a lot of quotes that I have. Let me think off the top of my head. Um, I, can't, I live by, like, what's for me is for me. Like what, what is for me is for me. Nothing, nobody can take that away. Nothing's going to change that. And so I can share freely knowledge, experience, expertise, because no matter what I give, I'm going to always give back and whatever is for me is for me. Dope. Uh, let's go Jasmine. Okay. So the easiest way to email me is McDonald the number three at farmersagent.com. Um, we offer all types of insurance. So everything from health, Medicare, um, Medicare supplement, specifically advantage plans. Um, 
life insurance, auto, home, and, you know, specific items, right? So we'll, we can kind of give you all the information that you need as far as kind of what property you have and, and the best ways to protect that. Um, on Facebook, um, Jasmine McDonald Agency, um, Jasmine with a Y, oh, J-A-S-M-Y-N-E McDonald Agency. Um, as far as kind of, you know, mortgages and stuff like that, right? Like you can um, email info at jmcdonaldagency.com um, and we'll respond to you kind of based off of what you are looking for. For, um, I don't actually have any rental spaces available right now, but, you know, if you are looking to rent something, um, you know, you I, that becomes available as things become available. I do post kind of listings and things like that. And um, I actually tend to have a wait list for people who want to rent for me, primarily because I think for me, it's more so about first being an equitable landlord, um, making sure that, um, you know, I don't, I look at things like background checks, but I don't look at credit score. Um, I do want to make sure obviously you can afford it. But from a perspective of like, there's just certain things I'm not going to hold against um, people, against us. Um, you know, you deserve to, to, to live in a house where you feel safe and you feel like the landlord is responsive, um, regardless of what your credit story is. So um, that's how we feel about that. And then for property management, if you are kind of interested in investing or you've kind of started to invest and you are like, I like that part, but I don't want to be a landlord. Um, we really focus on people with very small portfolios. So kind of, you know, starter landlords who need some help um, managing the various aspects of making sure they're compliant, uh, making sure, again, they're not slumlords, um, collecting rent, collecting, um, maintaining the properties and things like that. Um, brag on Jasmine just a little bit. She was the first official official sponsor of Hearts World um, as far as like the mini mix and, you know, um, going to just uh, the different heights and putting stuff together and pushing me not to, to be lazy. So let me give you your flowers while you're here. Um, nothing you do ever goes unnoticed. I know I give you a hard time, um, but, you know, you are one of the uh, integral parts of Herc's world. She even came up with questions for today's episode. Um, you know, so shout out to you and Herc's world. Really appreciate you. Um, when we make it big, we'll cut you a, a small check. Um, it won't be a big one because, you know, we we like money. So you we just got, buy we me dinner. You. Then I appreciate just don't that. Cash it. Don't make me cry. Um, I, like I said, I'll take your bird king. Um, Keisha, what you got? <laughs> okay, well, you can find me on IG at I got the keys underscore 901. Use proper spelling I G O T T H E K E Y S underscore 901. My Facebook is Lakeisha Henderson, comma MBA. That's my business Facebook page. And my email is ownit901gmail.com. That's O-W-N-I-T-901 at gmail.com. I actually have two buyers that I'm dealing with right now. And of course, like I said, I'm a full-time job. I am hoping 
to invest in my first flip by the end of the year. I actually want a property just so I can hold on to it for rental. Give me something else to write off on my taxes. Um, but outside of that, I don't have too much in the real estate area coming up as it relates to me having some listings. Again, I just have those buyers right now that I'm dealing with. Um, some I go by, I say nothing will work unless you do. That's by Maya Angelo, and it's also by, you know, Project Pay. In other words, get money. Um, <laughs> the only way you can make money <laughs> is by actually working. So whatever you put your your focus on, you have to work towards it. It ain't going to work unless you work towards it. So if that means you want to lose some weight and get your ass up and go to the gym, if that means you want to have some kids, put yourself in a situation, start saving some money and, and start pumping. You know what I mean? You got you got to do what you got to do to get what you want. And girl, make that money. Don't let it make you the greatest Ronnie Powers Club. I mean, Players Club. Man, you so Memphis. Uh, Katera, what you got? Um, well, I got three clients I'm working with right now looking for um to purchase property. One of them a single family home. The other two are looking to post purchase multi units. Um, so if you ladies got some things um or you know know somebody, we are um, looking. I am also a youth mentor at BBF on 15th and Pulaski in Chicago. Um, it was the Better Boys Foundation. Um, now it's BBF Center for the Arts. Um, so that is why I am. For the most part of the day, looking to expand it to that, I got a couple of workbooks that I'm putting together to um, connect parents with their children. I'm working in the mentoring industry. I've learned that a lot, there's a lot of disconnect with parents and their kids. And so um, one of the ways that I found um, to help them is to put a, together an activity book to get them communicating more um, together. Also, um, I am actually starting my first episode of my podcast come Monday. Um, big ups to Perks World for giving me my first platform um, to speak in the podcast world. Um, I do a lot of motivational speaking on my Facebook, um, Instagram page. Um, if you all follow me, I did drop it in the chat. Um, you all will see that. Um, and I'm taking my talents to South Beach. So I am interested um, in this, I'm excited about it to see where it goes. Um, I know it's going to go far. I've been reached out to by a couple of other podcasts who want to have me on their show to talk about what I'm doing um, to bring light to it. So that is huge. Uh, one of the things that I live by, um, my favorite motto, mantra, whatever you want to call it, is all you can do is all you can do and all you can do is enough. Um, if you look back at any situation and if you can honestly say that I gave it my all and did everything that I can do, um, that's all we can do. And that's enough. Um, so that's my motto. Um, I, it was a great experience speaking with you ladies. I wish you all um, a bunch of success going forward. Wish you all the best. Um, Dominique, hopefully we can be on both sides of the deal on some of these things going forward. We can show them how ladies come together and connect and be successful in this industry. So thank you. Absolutely. Maybe. Maybe we can schedule some time to connect to people. Absolutely. Let's do it. I'm always ready. Man, we are making, we are building connections and putting people together. Making money moves. Man. Dree, what you got? So y'all know you can find me on IG at Brown Sugar, B-R-O-W-N-S-U-G-A underscore B-A-B-I. 
Um, <laughs> and my business page, I love brown sugar. I haven't posted in a while, but we're getting back into the swing of things. Um, now, you know me and these motivational quotes, but I have one today. I'm prepared. So it always seems impossible until it's done. Yeah. So no matter how big a task, how hard it feels or, you know, don't get discouraged because once you get it done, it's like, oh, could have been did that. So that's something that I live by. Um, man, I just want to thank all you amazing, talented um, entrepreneurial, ambitious ladies for joining me um, on Heart for this week. I know that uh, when this releases, uh, the people will get some type of knowledge because uh, y'all dropped a whole bunch of knowledge, um, dropped a whole bunch of nuggets. Um, man, make sure like y'all follow these women, y'all uh, support these women. If you're looking to buy a house, if you're looking to uh, just get, you know, if, if you look into get into the swing of things um, as far as, you know, what you got to do, you know, what you looking for, what it takes to, you know, become a first time home buyer, Or if you want to do real estate or, you know, you know, I'm pretty sure they're open to um, giving you some advice if if needed. Um, it's going to come from a genuine place. Um, and yeah, we're not mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> and you can say, man, I, I heard you on Hurt's World and you you really impact, impacted my, my my future, my career, my life. Um, and that's what I wanted to do this month, man, just celebrate women um, and change somebody's life. Whether it's one person, whether it's 10 people, a thousand people. Um, I just want to change one person's life with these amazing, ta- amazingly talented women that we've had on uh, Hurt's World this month. So, um, next week, we have our content creator episode. Um, I'm not going to tell y'all who's coming. Y'all just got to wait and see. But just know um, we got another podcaster. No, we got two podcasters, a DJ. No, no, we got three podcasters, a DJ and... Somebody else. Um, and Nobody else. Well, I couldn't think of the last person. I, mm. you know, hold on. Let me, let me do things the right way. Yeah. Hi, uh, We got, no, I'm so, okay. I was right. So we got three, we got three podcasters and a DJ. Okay. Um, and, and four, if you, if you include Drew. So um, as always, if you don't work, you don't eat. You got to crawl for you can walk, walk for you can run, and man, run before you can fly. Um, I am still not drinking. I only have like 26 more days before Lynn is over. Um, I, I, I don't want to say I miss alcohol, but I do want to drink, but I'm holding strong. Um, candy's the devil. So if y'all <laughs> see me upsetting the streets, it's because I can't drink and I can't have candy. Um, you know, so yeah, but I do feel a whole lot better going to the gym. So shout out to that. 
Um, and so the next time y'all hear my voice, I am your girlfriend's favorite podcast host, and I'm joined by your girl Dreezy B, your daddy's favorite podcast host. And we will see y'all when we see y'all, and we'll talk to y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I-